start up ones much funnier. I am, however, still a fan of the, um... <laughs> That's what's... <laughs> that final beat is, I think, just what's going on in my brain. 24-7. Down. Can we talk about how you put a thing in the oven again right before we started recording? Yes. There, so in about 12 minutes, a pizza will be ready. Can we, can we talk about how that happened again? Uh, don't worry, I was going to address it already. I, I put it in the oven knowing we would have to come back to it. I Look, I was prepared for the media to bring this up. And the thing is, yes, I did. Yes, I, you did put a pizza. I put. I did put a thing in the oven. There is a pizza. I cannot, I cannot... We've been reading that. We've been reading the comments. We've been scouring I've been the discord. I've seen everything you said about me. I'm on the Reddit me. threads. We're reading everything, so we know that you know that there's a pizza in our oven you right are now. Correct. It had 16 minutes left when we started recording, so we'll see when that's ready. I just got back from class. You I just, just got back woke from up. unconsciousness. You just got back from the abyss. I am back to the conscious plane of existence. <laughs> It's um, been a, another really normal week. As 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 we said last time, there is uh, nothing good or bad has happened. We're, you and I have been the same exact good and badness occur. Nothing's occurred. Completely neutral week. It's been a very neutral, normal week. Yes, just like any other week. All of our weeks are completely neutral. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I take that back. We did start at this. Your foot? No. No. <laughs> it was. It's the base of the microphone. Delaney thinks that my foot is plastic. <laughs> Now, I feel like now I need to address this in the media as well. No, it is. I do not have a plastic foot. We're, we're just going to, you know, we're, again, we're reading the comments. We're, we're addressing the rumors. The media, we um, understand. We, we understand that we have, we have, a, we have a lot of um, eyes on us right now. A lot of explaining D- to do. Don't expect any schedule to be kept. Yeah. Because <laughs> we keep getting sick or things keep happening to us. Or we have normal weeks. <laughs> where n- absolutely nothing happens. No, nothing occurs. Um, but I'm just sleepy. Look. I am... You try doing this. Unless you have a podcast, don't say anything. I am two months out from being a certified master. Um, (laughs) In in karate. (laughs) Make it sound like karate. And that means... Delaney will be walking up the mountain for her final... (laughs) I will find... Her final trial. (laughs) When she has mastered the elements, she will be a master. And that means that the next two months... I'm not... I'm choosing myself i don't give a shit what any of the rest of y'all are saying to me and when i choose myself natalie goes along with it yeah i don't have anything else to do um sorry um, i just heard the pizza sizzle <laughs> i think i just heard cheese drop probably. onto the bottom of the oven i just heard a little we need to talk about why is that the way that they have pizzas when you get a pizza they're oh, like, they say put it directly just, on the fucking just throw oven. it in there <laughs> Just put it in there like a DVD. Yeah, and they're like, no, we know. We all know that things will fall off this pizza onto the floor of your oven and burn. That's just how it's designed. Don't you want it, you little bitch? Put the pizza in there. But you're still going to eat it, it, aren't you, you little pet? Like you... Hmm. What? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. DiGiorno and I are doing pet play now? Jesus. I meant to say pig, and my mouth just chose a completely different pet. vowel. <sighs> You know? Welcome to Stop Your Ruining It. This is a podcast about movies and two very, very silly children. Oh, so silly. <laughs> oh, so so silly. I'm Delaney and I like movies. And I'm Natalie and I do not. She she doesn't. I don't, but I liked this movie. Did you? Yeah. I'm glad. I actually did really enjoy this movie. I didn't know if it was going to be, because David Fincher is a very particular director. 
not where it's like super pretentious even, but it's just such a specific filmmaking style. I feel, I get the vibe that he was like, I have things I want in this movie and I will not compromise. I was watching this movie and like literally the first scene where we see the two of them meet, I was like, this looks like the social network. Yeah. Like all of his movies look a little bit the same. <laughs> Every person's just a little- A little Zuckerberg-y. A little upsetting. You're like, hmm. Everyone's face, I'm like, do you, do you exist in real life? You're all keeping a secret from me. <laughs> Everyone looks like they have a silly little secret. Are all being silly? Everyone has a knife in their back pocket. What, what, what movie did you bring for us, Natalie? We are doing a movie that came out Every time I look at it, earlier and earlier than I <laughs> would have. We're doing Gone Girl. 2014, 2014 feels about right. That's what you say. That's what you say. Thank you. The um, amount of eerie parallels that this has to several crimes that have happened. Is, since? Since is creepy. Oh, There's a lot of crimes that have happened since now that I'm like, this had to have been mentioned. This had to have been like, ins- no. <laughs> it's just life imitating art. Well, we're and like we can get into this, but did any of like would any of them have actually been inspired? Because this came out only two years after the book came out. Like, the, would anything have been inspired by or any? Like, would any like any of the crimes that you say have happened since this movie came out, yeah. which would also have been very recently after the book came out? Is is there a possibility that they were like, I am going to? I'm Ron so Girl. excited to do my information. <laughs> You don't understand. You don't understand what's going to occur. I'm so excited to talk about my information. Because gone girling is now a verb. If I were to tell you it's almost beat by beat, how would you feel? Good for her. And Mark Zuckerberg was there. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is the social network. Plot. Yeah, you're you're looking the at... The crime I'm looking at is the creation of Facebook. And that's okay. They're under like actual investigation by the FBI, I think. As they should be, as they should be. No, um, Gone Girl came out in 2014, which feels right because, I don't know, I, I remember when this movie came out. My mom is a big, like, book person, but specifically, like, female thrillers. That's, my mom She loved Girl on the Train. She sure read Girl on the Train. I don't know if she loved it, but she that's sure read it. That's the exact pocket we're in, is oh, Girl yeah. on the Train. Oh, yeah. Um, girl with the dragon tattoo, yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of girl. Anything with girl, girl. And a, a description, a girl in an adjective or a, a That sounds a, a little bit negative. Yeah. Or neutral, but not positive. She's gone. She's on a train. She has a tattoo. What's going she, on with that girl? We're building a whole lore for that this girl. That girl's crazy. <laughs> that girl's doing some crazy shit. But I remember, and I'm just going to say this, obviously, at the beginning, you know, Obviously, don't listen to this if you don't want to be spoiled for Gone Girl, because this yeah. first story I'm about to tell is one of the main spoilers of Gone Girl. Yeah. So just be warned. Oh, I'll also, I think, add here with that. Uh, there's Trigger warning for everything. I was going to say, there's going to be a lot of talk probably about, first of all, murder, obviously. I do that all the time. But there's going to be a lot of like sexual assault yeah. discussion, that kind of thing. It's just really weirdly integral to the movie. <laughs> it's to the point where... It's explicitly in here. <laughs> where out, there, was, there was a scene where both of us went, oh! oh! Like, out loud. I was like, ah! And so when she basically fakes rape wounds or, like, you know, injuries yeah. akin to rape with a wine bottle? Yes. A full wine bottle. Yeah. Let's discuss that. But I remember my mom, when this movie came out, she's a big, I have to read the book before I see the movie type of person mm-hmm. because she's a mom. And I think they all go through a training that tells them to do that. Yeah. Um, and I remember she was reading the book before going to see it. And her friend, she's my mom's friend and they're still friends, but she's that friend that she's always complaining. It smells like pizza. <laughs> Really? You don't I'll just keep telling this story as you take out your pizza. 
Her friend texted her, having seen the movie, and just without warning or saying, hey, I know you haven't finished the book, just went, I can't believe she killed Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> and my mom went, well, hold on. The second problem with this, you gotta get the pizza out. It's, all, it's part of the oven now. This is the content you guys wanted, right? The description of things happening off camera. Delaney's and Natalie's pizza time. Ooh, the middle is so wet. And you can, you can keep it cooking for longer. She just put it back in the oven. <laughs> I was worried you'd be angry, so I was just going to eat an underdone pizza. <laughs> on mic? <Mike>? No. <laughs> no. Were you going to do it on mic until I asked if you were going to do it I on mic? I was still 50-50. <laughs> really? You can't believe it? It really feels like it's pretty aggressively telegraphed that it's going to happen. I, I mean, I don't know. Her friend's also not um, smart. Or, I think, I mean, uh, I think like, dead inside, like I am. I can... <laughs> Similar to with Pinocchio, how he looked at that little boy, and I went, I'm going to watch him die a violent death. You see Neil Patrick Harris and go, that man's going to die. I, worst case scenario, almost immediately, and I tend to be correct. <laughs> I just feel like there's an energy that characters bring to a movie when of, they're- I'm about to die. When they're not long for this world, yeah. <laughs> and one of them is Neil Patrick Harris trying to play straight. Yeah. That or like him going to an event, an event, and then walking out before we even see his face. We see the back of him. Like that's a guy who's gonna. That's die. also what very much cements this movie in 2014 for me. Is not only Neil Patrick Harris in it, but Neil Patrick Harris a playing straight a straight Neil guy. Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. Like that's the most I think 2014 casting choice I could think of. I also love that they when they have him play straight, they have him play creepy straight, so fucking straight. It's, it's, it's They're like, either he's sleeping with a hundred women a day, or he's going to wear your skin. <laughs> he's, he's... He will be wearing woman's skin. <laughs> Let's be clear. He wants boob skin. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. He's big on that. I, I don't remember the book. Like, I, I think as soon as this book came out, the movie was being made. Yeah. And I know that for a fact, because... Reese Witherspoon had optioned it to produce it before the book was even published. She had done it to play the role, correct? Which let's 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 talk about that. Um, uh, no. Oh, Reese Witherspoon is Amy. Yeah, she's four foot three and like no, has a business saying, called Hello Sunshine. Are you saying I'm wrong? No, I'm saying why would that ever be considered? Oh, okay. I was like, I, I'm just sitting here frantically on the Wikipedia page. I'm like, no, I thought I read that. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, no, fucking stupid. What a dick way for me to say that you were wrong. I, <laughs> if that was my intention with that statement. I've seen, wor- I've seen you do worse on TV, so. It was starting to be developed before it was published, and then as soon as it was fully published, 20th Century Fox optioned it. Mm-hmm. And in the deal, Gillian Flynn was like, you can have it, but I have to write the screenplay. Which I'm glad. I like that sometimes when actors do that. Not actors, writers. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking authors. Remember earlier when you said pet play? Let's go back to that one. <laughs> I didn't say play. No. Oh. You're... <laughs> that was a Freudian slip on my part. Yeah. Can, can the record show that it smells even more like pizza than it did previously? I think the middle might be less wet now. <laughs> I am going to say something. Sorry, did you finish your thought? Go ahead. <laughs> None of my thoughts matter. Uh, I say this without knowing any of her filmography. Would Reese Witherspoon even have the range to do this? It depends on, I mean, I'm a bad person to ask because I don't love Reese Witherspoon in most roles. Yeah. you. It's hard to judge. Elle Woods, perfect. It's hard to judge someone based on their filmography because typecasting is a thing. But in my opinion, no. Yeah. Mostly because, again, she's two foot four. <laughs> 
She's straight up 13 inches tall. She's like Stuart Little. She is mouse-like in every way. And her voice is so hot and southern, and it just would have been a very weird Amy. I haven't watched The Morning Show. I'm sure she's lovely on The Morning Show. And, like, that's a dramatic comedy-ish. She was in another another one. I think a straight, I think straight to stream show. But, like, where it was... Big like, Little Lies? Yeah. That's a, that's a show, right? Yes. Not a movie? <laughs> okay. But even then, I, whenever she's in a serious thing, she is countered by other more serious actors. And she has, and she's standing on a box pretty much the whole time. Well, because sure. like in Big Little Lies, she's got fucking... Um, she's the little lie. She's got Laura Dern there. There are a lot of people acting more than her. Yeah. She is not like... Rosamund Pike is this movie. She carries this movie 100%. Because, and I'm going to say this right here, right now. I don't, and this makes it sound like I'm like accusing him of murder. Ben Affleck is barely acting, and maybe that's a good thing that he looks like he's not acting because it feels more naturalistic. But there are some times where he looks really blank behind the it eyes. It really looks sometimes like they just started rolling before he had a chance to look at the script. Yeah, it, I, you could put I think anyone in that role, and the movie wouldn't be that different. Yeah, unless um, you put Neil Patrick Harris in both roles. How crazy would that be? <laughs> Um, I don't dislike Ben Affleck in this movie. I think he's exactly as neutral as... He's just a guy. He's so much a dude. He's just a dude. And that's great. And that makes Rosamund Pike shine even more. She was nominated for this. He's nice to root for, I guess. But I'm curious... Is he? If people went into this movie when it first came out, knowing... So I... What was up? I'm not going to transition to my minigame just yet. But that's a big part of the discussion around this movie is who do you root for? Who's in the right? Who, you know... Well, okay. Who's in the right? Objectively, the guy. (laughs) No, yeah. But like, it's it's one of those things where it caused a big discussion about, you know... This is like... um, uh, What is it? It's like that one movie. What is it? Fucking... Ah, fuck, fuck. Midsommar? (laughs) I'm not going to transition to my minigame. Oh my God. (laughs) Told you I wouldn't. The minigame is just us reading hate comments. Although on the maybe TikTok. maybe I should just kind of get all of my shit out of the You're way. You're welcome to do whatever you maybe want. Maybe I should get all of my. Yeah, I'll 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 go film theory heavy for the first part. That's great for me. But literally in 2013, there's a quote from Gillian Flynn where she goes like, "There was a lot of gender related response to this movie, mm-hmm. obviously." Oh, and she literally went, "I." <laughs> I had about 24 hours where I hovered under my covers and was like, I killed feminism. Why did I do that? Rats. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> the rats are going to hate this announcement, but Gillian Flynn killed feminism. And then she was, and then I very quickly kind of felt comfortable with what I had written. But it, it did kind of create this thing. And it, it goes into my minigame because it goes into the genre of what I call good for her movies. Mm-hmm. Which in the past few years of the internet has become like its own genre. Right. Where... I just don't think people are media literate enough to know that you can say that and not mean that murder is good. This this movie, I think I think one of the most intelligent things I've ever heard you say, and this is this is a genuine thing I'm about to say. Oh my god, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to I don't know how to accept compliments. She went ooh, ooh, no, so smart. No, <laughs> is when you responded. <laughs> it was when I said, Natalie, you were right. Yeah, it's when you responded on on TikTok and said the people who are mad at you about Midsummer are the same people who love the Joker mm. and that the, the male centric movies in this space have the benefit of people are like, it's just a fucking movie. Yeah. But this, they're like, Oh, you, you want to do, ex- you want to kill Neil Patrick Harris. And, unfor- and I am, you know, maybe you're going <laughs> to, and all women are liars. Maybe you're going to give us information to the contrary that some people did watch this movie and go, I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's one person. <laughs> okay. That's great. That's great. That's fine. 
but it 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 really is this kind of thing where movies aren't real. <laughs> no, movies are intrinsically for entertainment and for thinking. It's heightened. It's a heightened. It's heightened, and also you're allowed to be like, look, good for her, and I'm doing really heavy air quotes with my hands that you can't see because it's an audio podcast, and Natalie's going to get the pizza. <laughs> Good for her. The real good for her story is Natalie getting her pizza. Where where you can be like, oh, it's it's almost like a fantasy in a way, where you see a woman in an abusive relationship, and it's the it's the same thing with Midsummer, where you're like, I know that murder is bad. I know that intrinsically, because I'm a normal fucking human being. But there's this, it's almost like a rape revenge fantasy where you're like, you're like, yeah. it. It's a catharsis. Films and movies and media in general are about catharsis and engaging with those emotions that you're unable to engage with in real life. Yeah. And so like using this as escapism and being like, I can see both sides. And again, my my air quotes are really heavy They're right so now. They're so aggressive. I just put the pizza directly on the stove because I feel like it's a directly <laughs> it's on. There. I feel like it's pretty much just a throw it on any surface you have kind of putting pizza. It, putting it on a plate would demean its identity. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it can just sit on the burner. So, you know what? We'll just go ahead and go straight into my mini game since I'm already on this fucking rampage. Love it. Um, let me see if there's anything else in the gender section of its. <laughs> well, I mean, crime wise, I also think it's. There's the, the sheer amount in real life that this story happens and the guy did kill his wife. Mm hmm. You would think people might have a little bit of like a leeway for it, but also... Well, and I wonder if people would be more... And I think this is where this book is really smart. Right. And I say the book and I end the movie because they are both written by a woman. And I think that that is a very important thing to know. Well, they're written by the same lady, right? Yes. Yeah. But, but, but I'm saying like, I'm not attributing any of this to David Fincher. Yeah. Because something you'll realize in my minigame is also a lot of these good for her movies are still directed by men, which feels interesting. Yeah. Except for one of them. They're all cucks. No, <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about David Fincher. Or but... Aster? I could see him. Oh, he's a cuck. I could see him. He's a cuck. <laughs> you heard it here first, Ari, folks. No, Ari, please hire me. Ari, I love you a lot. Like, we don't slut shame. We don't kink shame. But I wonder if people would be more okay with it if he was more outwardly abusive. Well, because yeah, there is only one instance of a physical, physical abuse. abuse and it's I him, didn't even think happened. And it's him pushing her. I was under the impression that that didn't even happen. Interesting. But I wonder if that would change people's opinion of this movie, of calling it misandrist or even... Uh, people both call it misandrist and misogynistic. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. This also is interesting because it's 2014, right before... <sighs> Me too. Me too. And right before the real true crime boom. Right. Where women publicly were like, women love true crime. Right. And it's because, again, these crimes happen so often to women that sometimes it's just nice... It's catharsis. To it's, see this? It's... it's, it's like, that's what I mean when I say it's like a fantasy play where you're watching it knowing it wouldn't really happen. Right. It's so rare that we, and you're right, it's in the news all the time that these things are happening to women. Yeah. That seeing a role reversal is a, a sense of catharsis. And like, how many movies are there where the rape and murder of a woman is not consequential to the plot of the movie? Right. There's so many. Yeah. Anyway, we started on comic books. Stop that. <laughs> so we can go to yes, my mini game, which I did during my my lunch break today. <laughs> Ooh, it's got typography. I, it. Yeah, I I did it in my little notes app. Now the good for her in bright red, all caps, scratchy is a little <laughs> unsettling. I'm on the verge of a mental breakdown. 
I, I found an article, I think on Screen Rant, that was like seven good for her movies when you need, like, when you're craving revenge or something. You know, it's basically mm-hmm. like a collection of these movies. There's some I didn't include because, again, it's not a real genre. Yeah. It's, well, because, yeah, it's not rape revenge, because rape revenge, I think, has uh, an exploitation. Well, one of to these, it. one of these is technically a rape revenge. Is it revenge? Film. No, I almost put revenge on here. It's uh, Spit on Your Grave. Oh, yes. I do have, I spit on your grave here. I almost put revenge on here. Um, Knives Out, people also call a good for her film. Uh, centers a man. Not really. really. You haven't seen it. No, but it centers the... doesn't center Chris Evans. Not Chris Evans. Um, the guy who gets murdered within the first 20 minutes of the movie? Isn't Knives Out part of the Oh, Glass Benoit Onion? Blanc. But it's still about Ana de Armas. Yeah, yeah. Ana de Armas is the lead role in that film. And she's the one who wins in the end. Spoilers for Knives Out. Good for her. <laughs> Right? But I have seven here. I will go ahead and list them for you, just so you know kind of what we're working with. I have Gone Girl. Yes. I have Midsummer. Yes. I have Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh Uh-huh. I had John Tucker Must Die on here, but then I couldn't find a good review for it. Okay. (laughs) I have The Girl on the Train. Yes. I have Promising Young Woman. That's... Is that the one where she is murdering people? No. This is a different one. Is she murder anyone in Promising Young Woman? Is it her friend? There's a yes, movie where that her is, friend that is promising gets young raped. Woman. Yes, yes, that is Promising Young Woman. I won't spill my hot takes on Promising Young Woman. On I can also this name podcast. four other movies that are that concept, that well, yeah. are, I think and they're all on this list. Um, and then I have Nine to Five, Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, you haven't seen it. I really just need you to trust me. Here. Yeah, but that's not a horror movie. <laughs> they don't have to be a horror movie to be a good for her movie. Yeah, a lot of them are, but Nine to Five, they are. Going to kill their boss. I'm They're thinking, actively planning the murder of their boss. I see. It's like a weekend at Bernie's style thing where it's like... Yeah, it's like murder is funny. Don't look too close. Yeah. And then I spit on your grave. Okay. You, can, you can see how 9 to 5 is the outlier in this I know. list of movies. I didn't make the list. So what I did is this is not quite the Letterboxd game because yes. I did not get these reviews from Letterboxd. These are like published in some way reviews. Oh. That are basically calling these movies sexist. Like professional people. Professional reviews. people writing these reviews. And this is less like some of them, it'll be very clear which one it is just by knowing the plot of the movie. But this is more just to read out the reviews that these type of movies get. Can because, I ask, yes. and I don't know if you'll know the, know this, mm-hmm. how many of these are written by men? Gone Girl is not. Midsummer is. Uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is written by a man. Nine to Five, I think, was written by a man. Um, I feel like 9 to 5 came out when all movies were written by men. Exactly. I don't, I don't think... Girl women weren't even allowed the... in the theater back then. Get that Oh no, girl, out. girl on the Train was written by a woman. Okay. Promising Young Woman was written by a woman and won an Oscar for screenplay. And I will not talk about Promising Woman on this episode. Respond to this episode on Spotify on that weird thing you can do if you want us to do Promising Young Woman. But I have people in my program... Good friends of mine that hate me for my opinions on Promising Young Woman. I get yelled at for it regularly. I bet they're right. Thank you. I know you. You know me. Yeah. We're a happy family. No. (laughs) (laughs) What? Um, And then I think I Spit on Your Grave was written by a man just because, again, in 1978, I don't think they gave women's rights. (laughs) Something about the vibe of that word, even. That that title, just, you know. Yeah. Um, man. Me loving Midsummer and hating Promising Young Woman can make it look like I hate women really fast. No, and that's the thing that's annoying, is that it's like you can't... It's any opinion you have on this is so quickly like, oh, that's how you feel about all women, all situations. Versus people straight up are like, I love the Joker. And I'm like, you're scary. Um... So these, this is just going to be more of a like a like a like a, th- a think project, a, th- a think tank, a think tank on the type of reviews, a thought experiment. A th- that's the phrasing I was looking for. I did it. This is going to be closer to a thought experiment than, it, than, than, than a game. <laughs> the character's behavior seemed sad in its clingy desperation in the book, and the fact that she was grasping at wisp, 
wisps of her own alcohol-addled memory for clues made her a sympathetic figure. But in the movie, everything happens so quickly that her actions merely come off as bizarre and unintentionally funny. A couple, a couple instances of her running through the woods prompted giggles during the screening I attended when the director was probably going for thrills and suspense. Also, oddly, the men in the equation are afforded even less characterization, even though they're the ones who dictate how women feel about themselves, according to the movie. And so when this movie finally answers the question of who done it reliably for once, the result is more of a shrug than a shock. Girl on the train. This is Girl on the Train. I knew that almost immediately, but I didn't, I didn't interrupt you. Thank you. That was very sweet of you. I didn't know you knew the plot of Girl on the Train. Uh, yeah. I, I the, the, If there were a kind of movie, I would know. It would be Girl on the Train. Well, it'd be this category of movie. You and my and that's why you and my mom get along. But I don't know all of them very well. Right. Despite the Tony or socio-political pretensions. What? The, <laughs> these girls don't act appreciably smarter than the bubble-headed housewives in this other movie that came out earlier this year. This actress enters in a dowdy disguise that might amount to something on Carol Burnett, but does nothing to bring out the comedian. The ostensible brains of the team, this character seems to degenerate into the most incorrigible scatterbrain. The only reassuring aspect (laughs) is the adorable and generous proportioned sunniness of this actress. She seems an instantly likable natural on the movie screen too. Given reasonably flattering material, there's no reason why she shouldn't endear herself to contemporary moviegoers, as Mae West, Alice Faye, or Betty Grable once did. Nine to five. This pisses me off. And and when they say her sunniness, they mean her tits. Oh, that's what uh, Generous Proportioned was referring to. I was going to say. I Generous Proportioned. I hate this review so much. What did he say was generously proportioned? Is Parton's adorable, generously proportioned sunniness. Yeah, by sunniness, they meant tits. Yeah pisses me off so much that they're like you know what the best part of this movie is the tits dolly parton's incredible oh she's incredible i want that to be very you clear would, obviously you would feel this way you're from tennessee she's incredible and she's incredible in this movie as but... a person and as a she's just like it's fast she's like the epitome of class yeah um but saying like that jane fonda and lily tomlin are dumb and not funny in this movie when they are ostensibly two of the funniest women comedians to ever exist are they both in 80 for brady they are both <laughs> in 80 for brady oh yeah congratulations natalie's up on her 80 for brady lore <laughs> um yeah that one pisses me off more than others because that was also like written in 1980 so i'm just like fucking just say this <laughs> you could have no one would have been mad at you i almost texted you during class today being like my mini game's gonna piss us off and i, I need it. you to know that um This movie is an expression of the most diseased and perverted darker human natures. Because it is made artlessly, it flaunts its motives. There is no reason to see this movie except to be entertained by the sight of sadism and suffering. As a critic, I have never condemned the use of violence in films if I felt the filmmakers had an artistic reason for employing it. This movie does not. It is a geek show. I wonder if its exhibitors saw it before they decided to play it, and if they felt as unclean afterward as I did. Girl, Dragon Tattoo. No. Promising Young Woman? No. I spit on your grave. This is I spit on... This is Roger Ebert's I spit on your grave review. Those three movies I just named have all very similar vibes. I spit on your grave is like a classic rape revenge. Yes, it's it's like the OG rape revenge. And there's a... And if I recall correctly, there's a very graphic rape scene in Dragon Tattoo. Yes, I believe so. Which again was... Oh, who... Which I think was written and directed by a man. Isn't that crazy? Because that's one thing I will say about Promising Young Woman. That was in the review that I cut out is that it doesn't show anything. It starts after the fact. Um, 
but there there is a clear distinction in how these movies are written by men versus how they're written by women. Right. Um, unlike other directors, this director isn't interested in psychological complexities that can make a character's terminal fate meaningful and turn directorial virtuosity into vision. Despite all the time he lavishes on the central relationship, which is drawn along stereotypical gendered lines, consuming female need that needs devouring, the couple remains instructively uninteresting. That's the case despite the lead actress. She works hard to, <sighs> she works hard to make the character into more than a walking wound, but again and again, the character portrays both her common sense and your faith. Also, the women can dance, the men can howl, I know you already know what this is. And the maypole can hook up with ye old vagina dentata. I just want to say that the phrase walking wound just means she's a cunt. <sighs> it's, it's, they're literally like Florence Pugh's great. Sucks she's playing an awful woman. Like, it... women can also suck. Women can suck and women can be emotional. Like the consuming female need that becomes devouring. Her asking her partner to pay attention to her right. I, like it's it, and i have critiques of midsummer yeah. of both sides and i think they're valid critiques yeah this is bullshit <laughs> this is this is one of those things where it's like purposely missing the point right a potentially good mystery is lost in scenes such as a violent rape that dwell too much on what feels to me like the writer's misogynistic fantasies on the arts desk blog graham fuller judges the film scarcely feminist he writes, in frankly depicting the character's rapes and presenting an obscene array of photographs of murdered women in a killer's lair, it comes across as glibly indulgent of those visual horrors. The author's novels as simply the most recent in a long line of thrillers that use rape and sexual violence as mechanisms to titillate readers. Face it, author James Patterson, Dean Kuntz, only misogynists make money from rape. Dragon tattoo? Dragon tattoo. Written um, by a man? Stieg Larsson. He's okay. also a Swedish man. The worst kind of man. Oh, Sweden does have the highest rate of rape of any country. I haven't read or seen Dragon Tattoo. I, I really don't know how well it I have not does either. the things it does. I know. But it's weird because I haven't either, but I've never considered it. I've always considered them closer to kick-ass than yeah. to being a genuine story. Right. I've I, always I no thought idea. that these movies were considered heightened Um because these, this doesn't happen. Right. And I can say that with a pretty full confidence. If there's any misogynist who wants to come at me and be like, women commit crimes like this, you're not right. <laughs> it is not true. If there's anything she knows, it's crime. If there's one thing I know, it's, it's crime. Unfortunately, though, the feminist innovation essentially ends there. By framing the character as a bloodthirsty avenger, yet inverting the tropes of the rape-revenge genre, the film could have still had a substantive message. Instead, the character, originally presented as cunning, focused, and touchingly loyal, is continually undermined by the film's narrative progression, becoming increasingly inconsistent and one-dimensional. Ultimately, the, the movie leaves viewers wondering what it's trying to say. Superficially, nobody wins, but really some do. Pitted against rape culture, the women involved literally die, and the men go on living. When asked why the character couldn't survive, the writer told Vulture, I just didn't understand how it would happen without it being incredibly depressing. What happens after you've done that stuff? Your life is still ruined. This is the core problem with the movie. It sets up violence as the only true catharsis, portraying all other measures as insufficient, and then concludes that since the character used violence, she must die. The only catharsis is martyrdom. Promising. 
Yes. And I don't know. I don't... So men commit violence all the time. But That's women the can't do it without getting too sad. <laughs> And then they die. Well, that's the thing. Is like, I have my issues with this movie, and yet when people are like, "This, this movie's bad," I'm like, "Hey, shut the fuck up!" Like, it's one of those things. I'm like, I'm allowed to say it's that, but you're not. It's complicated, and a lot of it is, I think, in the writing. And I'm so glad for Emerald Fresnel that she has an Oscar. Women win screenplay Oscars so rarely. I don't think that this was the most effective rape revenge movie to be written by what like I, I think the character had to die because otherwise men would be mad yeah the fact that she's like you know how do you do that without it being incredibly depressing well it's like but isn't that how the, do you do the crimes in the first place without yeah it being bo burnham gets depressing. to go on living in that movie you know yeah. does he yes he does who knows maybe does he yes he does i thought you were accusing bo burnham of something horrible <laughs> just now. i was like what so he's in that movie <laughs> i was like that's crazy he's, <laughs> he's in promising young woman because they're like we need a man that people intrinsically trust and don't think would do anything bad oh no oh it's it's so targeted at me <laughs> it's so targeted at me yeah. specifically all right this is the last one i wonder what it'll be on the surface the director sculpts the character to take the form of a mentally ill but still beautiful woman to be ironically admired for her psychotic behavior what end is the director striving for women do not need another popularized piece of media that facilitates hateful feelings for conniving bitchy women it is due to films like this that rape victims aren't taken seriously with women portrayed in this manner it takes only a small leap to arrive at problematic questions like well what was she wearing was he a nice guy otherwise or was she asking for it Society requires media that empowers women, not this nuanced, so it's calling it nuanced, sorry, not this nuanced regurgitated story of a scorned woman in need of retribution. Women don't need nuance. Gone Girl was just accused of rape culture. Like they're saying that this is the sole reason why rape victims aren't believed. And I'm like, do you not think that this was made because rape victims there, aren't believed? There, and there's the argument people, I can see people making, but I think it's a very simplistic argument because I think that women who falsely cry rape right are by society views them as much more hysterical mm. and the craziness you see in that kind of thing is very different from the craziness we see in this movie in right. this movie it is calculating versus i think that a lot of people think that it's a thing women do to get a man to stay or to like try and manipulate people in like a a, a last resort kind of way mm -hmm. similar to pregnancy similar right. to faking a pregnancy anyway that was my mini game i loved it <laughs> that's that's what you wanted this night that right? was great um, let's, let's hop into the plot. Yeah, for anyone who has no idea what this movie is and is like, what? Why are we, <laughs> they have so many thoughts? I don't even know what happens. Where is the girl? That's the thing, though, is I think even people, this is my first time watching it. I also never watched it before. But I feel like it's become really ingrained in our generation and in just, like, media right now of, you know, gone girling. I think it's similar to Cujo, again. Right. There's one where I will also put up with that with Cujo. What is the other one I said? Orphan. Orphan. Yeah. Where it's like, they did it. And I think this is like, the best movie of those three. Oh, yeah, I no. <laughs> but I'm saying, I think it's it's like, it became the movie that does this. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And became its own thing. And its own public perception of a, a concept. Yeah. So, on their fifth anniversary, Nick Dunn. Nick Dunn. Nick Dunn. Dumb name. Nick Jillian Dunn. Flynn, you're an incredible writer. And I love what you've done here. Done. <laughs> Nick Dunn. <laughs> I love what you've done here. Um, fuck off. <laughs> he wakes up. Oh no, my wife is missing. Goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, Joe Jeepers. I just got back from my job as a writing teacher, and where is she? I know, I like that he kind of has, like, 
still like I feel like every man in a rom com is a writer. What is a writing teacher? It's an English teacher. Yeah, just say that. <laughs> like what? It makes it sound like he's sitting there going, "And here's how you write an A." So your 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 issue is with this synopsis that you're reading, and not with the movie itself. Unless he they say he's a writing teacher at some point. I don't in the movie. think they do. So he goes to his sister, who I at first thought he was fucking that bartender. It really that is not, his twin sister. It was not clear to me. <laughs> also, she picks up the phone at one point and goes, "The bar," and I was like, "Just the bar." <laughs> I was like, what well, fucking bar? It's the name of the bar. It's meant to be tongue in cheek. But still, what if you were just calling bars? You're like, well, which bar is this? But he 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 goes to see her before he finds out that Amy's missing. Um, his wife is named Amy. And for some reason, he just gifts her board games. Yeah. That's never approached ever Board again. games where he... But I guess that shows that he enjoys... Because he gives her a mastermind board game. So I don't know if that's like a heavy Easter egg. Like a heavy-handed Easter game. egg. Or if this is supposed to be like, oh, Amy knows he loves playing games. And so she left him the scavenger hunt for her. <laughs> I just like that he steps out of the car with it very clearly <laughs> under his arm, mastermind, very clearly <laughs> on the side. And he, he makes sure to put nothing in front of it. Oh my God. Ben, Affleck's was t- ben, ben Affleck in 2014 was telling us about Taylor Swift's Midnight. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what this is about. Oh my god, Easter egg. Um, and then he, basically, he, he he goes home and he's like, I don't want to go home. I hate my wife. <laughs> you my know wife how, sucks. You know how you go to your twin sister and go, I don't want to hang out with my wife tonight because I hate her. At the bar that your wife bought for the two of you? Yeah. So he goes home being like, oh, I have to spend my anniversary with my wife. Yeah. And the table is like shattered and she's not there. Table's overturned and shattered. He's like, uh. You know how you have a glass table? That oh, can no. easily shatter. Yeah, it shattered so, and I'm pretty sure it was on a rug. It shattered <laughs> real quick into a lot of pieces. He's like, oh no. Calls the cops. Is so glib. So glib about the situation. I, I don't know what happened. This is our room. They're, they're like, you're really, and like the, the main theme here is he's so apathetic. He's so glib. He's so glib. And part of me is like, yeah, that's suspicious. But part of me is also like, we're putting a lot of expectation here that people know how to act when their partner is missing. Well, and and that's the other thing is that, I'm sorry, and you can probably cut this out, but I was, the one thing I was wondering is like, are you meant to go into this thinking he could have done it? Or or is it written with the understanding that you know something's up? From what I've heard, when the book came out, the reveal that she was still alive was a reveal. Okay. And that's, and correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but... Nancy just rips you a new one in our Spotify <laughs> but comments. I'm like pretty sure that before this became a cultural phenomenon, it was a twist that she was actually alive and mm-hmm. that she had planned it. I think a good part of the book, and even a good part of the movie, it doesn't show that she's still alive for a hot sec. Yeah. And so I think that was kind of like the first little twist. Yeah. Little twist. But... It receives a bunch of press coverage because... He can't, yeah, and he's doing a horrible job. He had no media training. But again, I just really... <laughs> I just really don't think we should expect people to know how to react in these situations. That's the thing people say all the time. And really, it's... I mean, it's true. I think people would get a lot farther in situations like this if they would just admit they don't like their spouse. Yeah. I think that's the issue is when people... When this happens, people will be like... Oh my god, I'm a loving well, yeah, spouse, but okay. it's okay to be like, no, I mean, I'm sorry if I don't see that aside. I just we're we're not we don't get along. Well, because they they're like they're like, does she have any friends? And he's like, I don't know, I don't fucking know. They're like, what are her hobbies? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, clearly he did it. I'm like, no, have you ever met a man? Yeah, he he to me almost immediately comes off as too stupid to have masterminded <laughs> a crime like this. Yeah. 
But he's like, I don't fucking know. He smiles in front of her missing poster. She gets a lot of attention because she's a blonde white woman who's well, missing. And, and she's the... And her parents wrote a book, like a children's book series about her, but like a fictionalized version of her of childhood her, yeah. where all of her mistakes didn't happen. She's always like, oh, he was like, oh, you rode horses? And she was like, I quit, but amazing, Amy. Um, Became a horse. <laughs> Like she, she has like five examples. They're really hitting the nail on the head. I like, got kicked off a of volleyball. Amazing Amy is a volleyball. <laughs> Amazing Amy went to the fucking Olympics. He's like, you got a dog, and she's like, no, but Amazing Amy did. Muggle, that's not even your failure. They just gave Amazing Amy a dog. Make her more relatable. Who was reading these books? Who wants to read a book series about a girl just doing great all the time? But her parent, like, it's like this kind of through line of her life where her she can't live up to herself. Yeah. Her parents. Her dad's very passive. Her mom's very grating. Well, and they, you know, uh, sanitized her childhood to be more palatable. Right. Um, so she's literally like, I, you know, Amazing Amy did everything normal Amy couldn't. She's like, I can't even complain. It's why I have my trust fund and my brownstone. And uh, Ben Affleck goes, they plagiarized your childhood. And she says, no, they made it better. And that's kind of like this thing where it's like, first of all, traumatizing. Second of all, that shows also why she wanted to have so much control over how she died. Yeah. Because up until close to the... Honestly, up until she kills Neil Patrick Harris, she is planning on killing herself yeah. eventually. She's like, I'm going to like make this whole story about it to blame him, but I am going to die. I think she changes her mind when she's in the cabin. And yeah, then when maybe, she's planning on killing Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, and then maybe goes back on it when she gets robbed, and then she's like, oh, I'm going to kill I think I think it's once she realizes she can pin it on Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, she's but she's like, like, oh, now I actually have like a way, a, a, way a, a definitive way out. Yeah. Um, so her plan was to drown herself. I Call me. I don't think you could drown yourself that easily. I really feel like we need your to body, sit down. Your body, I think. As a you'd society. Have to, you'd have to put weights on yourself. Yeah, we have to sit down as a society and really discuss this. Because bodies float. Your body will float and your body will find a way to get oxygen. Yeah. It is like hard to drown yourself unless you like put fucking lead in your shoes. I fought with people about this. <laughs> Forensic analysis of the house shows that there's like a shit ton of blood stains that were shittily cleaned up. Luminol testing, yeah. Um, later, when she's explaining her whole scheme, she's like, I cleaned it up badly like a man would do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, good for her. <laughs> I mean, good for her. Though. I have a second mini game, and it's just we say good, good for, for her, her when it's good for her. When you know what, good for her. But um, and we see like they're they're very their marriage cute was... together. They're like, really... and then um, their marriage starts falling apart. Oh no, because the recession. They both lose their jobs. His, they... There's no one to teach writing to anymore. <laughs> they move to Missouri because his mom is dying yeah. apparently, and she's real mad about it. And she's like, I don't want to be in Missouri, and I don't blame her. I don't blame her either. Missouri is... If anyone listening to this lives in Missouri, I'm sorry. You probably also don't like it. I feel like you probably listened to this to imagine you're not in Missouri. <laughs> um, and then they like their their relationship starts falling apart the way that it does. They He only uses her for sex, she says. Yeah. They stop. And then he, he ends up having an affair. Well, yeah. He's, he's fucking a student because if there's one thing writing teachers do... <laughs> literally at some point his his twin sister Margot, who they just call go, go dumbass nickname it really took me like a second too to understand what was going on i kept being because i think one which is like and then we got and then go called and i'm like wait the the, the verb Makes go sound asian <laughs> like, I was like the verb go called you at one point she's literally like you're off like and i'm glad they addressed it that she catches him having an affair before they like announce it to the in public her fucking house <laughs> yeah. in her house and gross she, and she's like who is she and he's like a student and she goes yuck well, and 
and she's like, you're a, that's a fucking cliche. And we're also very like, they're, they're very suspicious about how old she is and how old she was when it started. Cause at one point she's like, he says early twenties, early twenties. At one point, Amy says when she saw them, she said that he was at the bar with a girl who had no business being in a bar, mm. which to me applied at that point, she was under 21. Maybe. So early twenties. Like how long has the affair been and going on? Yeah. I think it's been going on for a, a year and a half, if I recall correctly. Okay. So, like, so she could be 20 when it starts and then 21, yeah. 22 by the... Maybe 20 and a half. And then she's 22. <laughs> Who knows? The, 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 her disappearance gets a lot of media attention. They start being like, donate money to help find Amy. Where, what's that money going to do? Immediate problem I had. They said, call one eight eight four find amy Too many numbers for a phone number. That's, that's not right. That's not correct. The, the four shouldn't be there. <laughs> you need to, un- you, you're not listening to me. That's 11 numbers. I know, I know. <laughs> and then, and then there's a different number on the website. Stick with a consistent number. Why do we need to raise money to find her? You're losing half your calls. Her parents are rich. Her pa- well, hypothetically, and then they end up losing their money. It gets a bunch of media attention. People um, are like, I think he This he random woman who apparently is their neighbor comes forward and the cops are like, this is Amy's best friend. And she was goes, on SNL. Yes, it's, it's, it's Casey, what's her face? Wilson, Casey Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she starts being like, you know, how could you do this to her? I bet you didn't know she was pregnant. This was so rude to do at a vigil. <laughs> at a vigil with a camera. And she goes, so rude. She, she was like, you killed her. She was pregnant. You're not allowed to do that also. <laughs> Let's be clear. And they were like, I bet you didn't know she was six weeks pregnant. And, and he goes, like, I didn't. And, and he was like, I didn't. Also, that's, why didn't she tell you? Six weeks is also not that. It's not, very, it's very early. Not that pregnant. Um, and, and, and he is like, she didn't have any friends. And this girl's like, I'm her best friend. Right. And the cops who are very unprofessional and strange. <laughs> They're very strange cops. The, the- <laughs> Yeah. Their investigations all over the These place. These are kind of OJ cops. They're very, they're, they're kind of OJ cops. They're kind of like uh, John Benet Ramsey cops where they're just kind of fucking up everything they do. <laughs> and then it's like the lead cop and her buddy and they have like a weird like distant cousins relationship. It's confusing. And then there's medical records that prove, yes, she is pregnant. Yes. And there's also records of her buying a gun. Yes. Eventually we find out she's alive. Yes. She's gone girl herself. <laughs> she has, and, and it's crazy because it's before this this came out as a thing you can do, but she's, she's gone, gone girl herself. She's gone girl herself. Um, but basically she, she writes in her diary, basically saying, I think Nick is going to kill me. She backlogs a whole diary of from when they met to 300 entries, I think she says. Yeah. She even, I'll give it to her, uses different pens for different entries. Smart. That's what you got to do. <laughs> I so there I have I have things that I like about her plan, things I don't like about her plan. Mm-hmm. Diary, great. Yeah. Way too obvious that it's burned only a little. Super mm. obvious, super dumb. And the cops immediately are like, why was it only burned enough to look burned, but right. not enough to lose anything? Right. Um blood, smart. She drains blood from herself, pours it on the ground, cleans it up for luminol. And it's like a lot of blood a too. Lot of like blood. she she she's a trooper for that. I one. had an implanted memory that she had been collecting blood for a while. Um to have for it to be more blood than a person could lose without dying. Right. Granted, I mean, it looks like she clicks it over a few different times because, like, she starts in yeah. and she's like sitting on the kitchen floor reading a book Just, and like, like draining it. So, like, I don't think that that's a necessarily incorrect. Yeah, that might be like more specified in the book. Blood, it, but it is. Uh, so yeah, it smart. is a lot of blood to be like. This is not what you get from like cutting. Right. A lot of blood inconsistent with the way that she's saying she's di- she died, which is that he supposedly I would uh, beat her over the head, I would imagine, but he beat her to death in, in this narrative with a thing. Mm. Um, with a, I don't, they like made a big thing over what it was. It was part oh, of a it was, puppet? It was, <laughs> it, 
just said Kermit the Frog puppet. <laughs> Kermit had a knife. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a it's like a, like a big wooden stick that they say is part of a puppet and part of a set. So I'm unclear what's going on. It's it, but it's part of a puppet distinctly. They say that. Yes, they also um, find panties in his office. Yes, they find panties in his office because she puts together the whole like here's the clues to our yeah, anniversary. Because apparently every year for their anniversary they do a scavenger hunt like my dad does for Christmas. And somehow <laughs> this one doesn't scream. I'm fa- framing you for my murder. <laughs> Um, How did she have time to put that all together if he murdered her on their anniversary? <laughs> Questions. Not nearly. The scavenger enough. hunt was just for him, though. I don't think it was for the cops. No, but she was fucking with him. She laid the scavenger hunt out to fuck with him because he knows he didn't murder her. I. It was to fuck with him, but he, I also think she put like the the one in, in his dad's house. I think is an example of one that she wanted the cops to find. Well, yeah, that wasn't meant to be for. It him. wasn't meant to be found for him, but like she planned this knowing that it would be very hard. for like people wouldn't believe him. So he'd be yeah. like, no, like she, she just scavenger hunts every year for our anniversary. They'd be like, no, clearly this is a murder weapon. You're like, like it's, he's the only one who has the context of it being a scavenger hunt. And so she's leaving some of it there to fuck with him and some of it there to look like actual clues. The scene where they open the drawer and pull out an envelope. They're like, look at this clue, clue number one. Yeah, this is clue one on a white envelope. I was like, come on. Like yep. that, didn't that immediately cue you that something's weird here? <laughs> See, there's only like the slightest bit of blood spray on the wall. On the wall. Oh, it's like, it's like if you lost that. that much blood from a hammer slash part of a puppet, there'd be way more than just that tiny little speck. <laughs> she stages the uh, break in, making a point to make it look not realistic. Uh, yeah, smart to do. You'd be surprised how many times people try to f- uh, fake a robbery and don't actually have anything taken. But uh. then she just is like, and I'll, I'll prove that we're having money issues by just by buying, buying a, a bunch, shit ton of stuff. bunch of dope ass shit. And putting it in Margot's garage. And putting it in her, how did Margot never see this, <laughs> first of all? Second of all, um, why does it look like you're walking into a mall? When you go, <laughs> it's, it's like, like everything's so brand new, set up, perfect. Not Why not wait until after your wife is dead to buy all that shit? Um, we find out that she befriended the neighbor. Yes. To start talking in about... In secret. In secret, to start talking about... Um, to talk about Nick's temper so that now Saying when that she goes abusive. missing, the neighbor can be like, I heard he was abusive. And he looks like he's lying because he said she has no friends. The neighbor is also pregnant. Yes. Um, she drains her toilet. <laughs> no, this is smart. Because <laughs> they also add in the part... They add in the part of her, of going, her going, your, your toilet, toilet isn't flushing. And she's like, go, it's okay. go ahead, no worries. She's like, I think she's going like, there's no water in your toilet. She's like, you can just use it. What? Yeah, I'll f- <laughs> what? <laughs> so basically, she 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 drains the toilet. So there's no water in it, so it's first not diluted, and then I guess also can't flush. Yeah, so she can get to it. And so she like has just pregnant pee, collects it. The pee's so pregnant. It's so pre- it's very because she's also like seven months pregnant. She's so pregnant. Like that, those H HCG. The her medical records would, would show, show that she's way more than six weeks pregnant. Yeah, because like they have those like pregnancy tests where you pee on it and it goes like one to two weeks, three yeah. to four weeks. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, and especially because I think that she does like you. Sure, you could use that to make a basic pregnancy test say positive, but she gets medical records. Which does that mean that she went like to just get it? Like, how does she have it in her official medical web- records? I don't know. That's the part I'm confused Cause about. Because, again, if the implication is she... Well, I would think she's like, oh, I went to the GYN. I had the pee in my pocket. When they said to go and do it, I just swapped it. Okay. But that would show she was much more pregnant than she's saying she was. Right. But yes, uh, she's alive. But... She's alive and she's like, cool. I've faked my own death. They're going to 
get him, I think put him to death. I think Missouri is a death penalty state at this point. On their fifth anniversary, Amy told Nick to take a walk and think about their marriage, knowing full well he would go for a walk on his favorite isolated spot along the beach and thus have no alibi. That's smart. That is smart. (laughs) She cuts her hair, dyes it, and makes herself look unkempt and disheveled. She begins just eating a shit ton. Why not dye it darker? (laughs) <laughs> can i ask that why did she go i'll just dye it a few shades darker why not dye it brown <laughs> like red yeah and then she goes to a resort calls herself nancy has uh, fake glasses hits herself in the face with a hammer <laughs> which that one was unclear why she did that uh to sell the idea that she's hiding from an abusive boyfriend so it's to look like she's been okay battered womaned and then she like meets people there whatever the fuck she really overestimates how suspicious people would be of just a person at a trailer park <laughs> And I think that honestly is her undoing. Sorry. So I, so, so I, have, I have two different synopses up. Apparently, Nick brings, gets a gift box, opens it to find Punch and Judy dolls with the Judy doll holding a baby and missing a mallet. So the it's pu- the mallet. The puppet had a mallet. What even is? Is this a kind of doll <laughs> I, I should know about? I, don't know. Uh, I also was like writing part of my thesis while watching this. Yeah. I don't. I remember this movie very vividly. Um. Um, and she's she's hiding out. Her plan is to hide out, I guess, until they put him to death. And then her plan was to drown herself. And then they find her body and be like, he dumped it. No head wound. <laughs> so honestly, that would probably exonerate him because she would not have the amount of blood missing or the decomposition that she would need to have at the point when they find her is all I'm saying. Oh yeah, now, she, that's, she assumed that, that Nick would be executed. Yeah. That's actual logic. That's not movie logic. There's a lot going on with this This fucking... The, the police presence in this is very confusing. Um, Nick goes to Margot and goes, I'm innocent. She goes, okay. Yeah, I believe you. I believe it. Sure. <laughs> Which, and I'm saying this, I love my brothers. If they came up to me and this all was going on, they're like, I'm innocent and I can prove it. I'd be like... Ah, okay. Yeah. This, do you think your mom would do it? I think I've asked her. She could do it for you. Of course she'd do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> she would have a body for you. I bet you she has plans. <laughs> but even I am like, if I were Margo in this situation, there, so it might they, depend on... <laughs> which brother? On which brother? Well, and so they do, and they set it up with their twins, and, and both their close. parents are out of the picture, pretty much. Right. Their mom is dead, and their dad has Sucks. severe Alzheimer's, and they're all really mad at him for it. <laughs> Really? They're, they're very dead. angry. So like, they're like, they're all they have in the world. And so, but he convinces Margo and Margo's like, okay, we're going to proclaim your innocence. But he also was like, yes. And she's like, you're telling me everything. He's like, yes. 15 minutes later, finds a, finds a fucking that 12 year old. And, he, and she's like, so I asked you. <laughs> I do have one of my notes is Emily Ratajowski. Rad- Ratajowski. Is that her? <laughs> Yeah, it's Emrata, who's now dating Eric Andre, and at one point was ne- uh, was Gibby's hot girlfriend on iCarly. <laughs> she had weird acting roles that were just about her being young and hot. Yeah, she looks 15. And they go, we know exactly who can get you out of this. Enter Tyler Perry. I, so I need you to, I'm going to say this. I just want you to know me. I <laughs> sat there the whole movie going, where do I know this guy from? And did not realize it was Tyler Perry until 15 minutes ago when I saw his name. <laughs> I was like, I know this black actor from something. <laughs> and it's from being Tyler Perry. From being full on Tyler Perry. From being every role in Medea. Arguably <laughs> one of like the most famous black actors there is. And yeah. I was like, who is that fellow? <laughs> who is this lovely little who man? Who do I know him from? 
he, he does a good job. It's just very alarming to see Tyler Perry in this type of It's also of very funny because he's like, I'm the guy who specializes in getting men out of killing their wives. <laughs> and so I, they're like, he's who you got to go for. I'm like, yeah, that's truly like a great way to make it look like you killed your wife. <laughs> and he also lawyers up way too late. Lawyer up immediately. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are brought into questioning by the police, lawyer up. Does not matter what it's for. You need a lawyer. I might be, I might be um, jumping ahead. I don't really care. Um, Get a lawyer. But they, you know, Tyler Perry starts basically media training him, which Thank again, fucking God, should have done that day one. <laughs> Tyler Perry also believes him immediately, which is shocking. <laughs> um, my first note that I have in bold, because like he's doing, you know, a press conference or whatever, saying how much he loves his wife, and I was just like, in the year we've had talking about wife guy culture, yeah, this is fascinating to watch. Yeah. Like, th- this is such a wife guy thing to, yeah. be, to be like, no, I loved my wife. She was a beacon of, I'm like saying it yeah. fully monotone. Um, the most convincing thing he does is that interview where he's like, no, you're going to say that you had an affair and own up to it. Mm-hmm. That's the most convincing piece of media training he does. Yeah. However, I do like this scene where, <laughs> and I think this scene should have won an Oscar where um, he's like, you know, asking. Is it the gu- I just softly did a gummy bear throwing motion. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to throw a gummy Every time it sounds like you killed your wife, I'm going to throw a gummy bear at you. I don't know. To me, it's like that scene in Get Out where Allison Williams is just for no reason eating Fruit Loops and, and milk dr- separately. And, and milk separately, where it's just like, it shouldn't be as funny as it is in a movie like this. Didn't Aiden say that's the funniest thing that's ever <laughs> he, happened in a movie? He said that that scene is the sole reason why Get Out was... That's cemented as a comedy. That, that put it as a comedy at the Golden Globe. I will say also, I'm noticing that Margot is in fact spelled without the T at the end. Yes. Not how you spell Margot, but I was going to make the point of... the ways you spell Margot. I was going to make the point of... Well, if they're calling her Go, technically there should be a silent T at the end, but they've got me. They beat me there, so oh well. Um, The white guy named Desi, though, I still have questions about. (laughs) (laughs) He shouldn't have that name. That's fair. Um, Well, first we meet um, her first ex-boyfriend, who is just Tommy O'Hara. Yeah. He means nothing to the plot other than to say this woman's crazy. Yeah. Earlier we established that she had two previous ex-boyfriends, Desi... White guy, Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> not the name you would think would be his, who then, was obsessed with her instructor, and this guy who she pressed charges against. What charges? They don't know. <laughs> and then basically her, the, the campground people rob her. Oh, it's a really confusing robbery, too. And so she goes, I've got to go. I know who to call. My ambiguously named ex-boyfriend, Desi. Her whole plan falls completely apart as soon as they take her. her little sack of money. Well, I guess they also, I think, have her ID. I think they get her ID somehow. Maybe. I think they see something that has her name on it. And they've been, like, watching the TV reports. Mm-hmm. About well, because the girl, but so so yes, but also the girl when she makes the argument of because she's like I'm gonna call the cops. The girl's like, no, you won't. I know you're hiding from something. Mm. Doesn't say explicitly. I know you're the girl from the TV. Well, yeah, and didn't she beat herself up to look like she's hiding from an abuse? I don't yeah, know. she's like you. I you've never been hit. I can tell by the way you act. You've never been hit, and you dyed your hair all hamster. So clearly, that's the phrasing. And I just really <laughs> like that line for some reason. Dyed your hair all hamster. It feels like something someone would say to me just about my natural hair color. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked that you even sell that hair dye. Why would that's such? Why would anyone want hamster? But she goes, shit, I'm fucked. She and goes, so, that was all I had was that pouch of money. And so <laughs> I, I guess in her mind, she goes, I have to call the only person crazier than me. Yeah, the person who is crazy enough to help me keep going with this. And it's and it's Neil Patrick Harris who 
at this point, I think How I Met Your Mother is either still on or recently ended. Like, yeah. this is like peak Neil Patrick How Harris. many Tonys has he hosted at this point? <laughs> like, I think he may have hosted this year's Tonys. Actually, 2014 might be the year he won for Hedwig. Yeah. Like, this might, I think 2014 was a big year. Well, that, and I was going to say, because this is also, I think, right at the edge of his career where it became like, okay, oh, he's very gay. He, we can't play him straight anymore. <laughs> we all know that's Neil Patrick Harris. And so Desi is like still in love with her and is like, and I, is very I rich. We you. don't know why, but he's yeah, really he's rich. He's just incredibly fucking rich. Um, he leaves for work occasionally. It's unclear. Yeah. And so he goes, I have a cabin in the woods. Right. Cause I'm a crazy stalker, man. Yeah. You can hide out in it. Yeah. And it, She's like, okay. And he's like, don't worry. There's security cameras literally every corner. So if anyone comes in or out. In or out. And, then, turn, and then turns on the TV. And turns it, on some Black Mirror style. <laughs> like, isn't this? Look at my channel on my television. That's, that's just all my cameras. That's 25 security Set cameras. up like an Ocean's Eleven style uh, <laughs> montage. This is the way cameras work. Meanwhile, Andy is... Emily Also, girl, congratulations for dating Eric Andre. That's girl, the- congratulations for being Emma Ratatouille. Being Emma Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Eric, that, that's the exact type of shit I would do if I were Emily Ratatouille. Is I would be young and hot and then date a forty-five-year-old comedian. <laughs> It'll get you somewhere. <laughs> I support I her. Do. I support her and everything she does. She goes to the, the media and is and like... And she goes, I was sleeping with him. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. And Tyler Perry was like, she's going to go immediately to the media. And Ben Affleck went, I don't think so. Uh, if there's one thing I think I know <laughs> is that I understand women. Me, Ben Affleck, and so in then, this movie. And so then Tyler Perry's like, you have to come clean about it. He's um, also, I will, in his defense, clearly in love with her. And he does love her. In love with Andy? We, yeah, he oh. Ben Affleck's character I think genuinely is in love with Andy, and even when she goes to the media, he's even though she's eight years old. Yeah, he, he, there's if there's something that me and Andy have in common, it's that it's you're being eight, eight years old. It's that you're that girl who's very young, where you can always say, "Hey, look, you're really young." <laughs> even when she goes to the media, he says she's a good person. Right. I think that he genuinely is in love with her and was planning to leave his wife for mm-hmm. her, even though. She's six and a half, um, even though she's this many years old. This many. They arrest Ben Affleck, even though he's like, you know, because he starts being like, I fucked up as a husband and I acknowledge that baby, please come home. Like it's, it's they start to. Be, <laughs> it's Gary come home from Spongebob. <laughs> they start to frame it as he knows he's fucked up and he's yeah. willing to admit that. And so like it, it really gives him like the benefit of, you know, being willing to change. And they're kind of right because. Amy sees this on TV and goes, that's the husband I want because he is apologizing and begging for her to come back. Him and Tyler Perry have different plans in this Mm -hmm. because Tyler Perry's plan is that they're not going to find her. This will make him look sympathetic enough to come out innocent. Ben Affleck's plan going into it is she's going to fucking see this. Yeah. So I'm going to do this because I know it'll make her come back and then this whole thing goes away. Yeah. Because he knows that he didn't kill her. Right. And he knows that she's still alive because she's left little things to fuck with him. Yeah. And then Amy realizes that Neil Patrick Harris is a lunatic. Is Well, yeah, she knew that, but she went, oh shit, he's still a lunatic. I think it's around when he stands there and goes, I'm not going to force myself on you. And I went, that sounds like something someone's going to say <laughs> right before they force themselves on you. Um... His plan is to keep her hostage in the to, house. To rekindle their relationship. Right. Crazy that the man that you had a stalking allegation against is stalking you. Yeah. Um, and so she goes, okay, this isn't going how I thought it was. Yeah, I, this is not my plan. So she, uh, what is she, she, she has like loose blood that she puts. She pours the wine on herself. Oh, is it wine? She pours the wine on I herself. I thought she, I think I looked down for just like a second and 
and just saw that she just had a cup of blood and went, where did she get that? She poured him wine and her wine. I Now, my thing is, I think it's a different bottle than the one she used. <laughs> to And th- this is, oh. assumably, how she replicates rape-like wounds. Right. Um, I cannot speak as to how accurate that would be. Right. But she starts setting up these things to clearly frame Desi as the villain here. Little so- heavy-handed. Yeah, she 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 like pours this wine on herself, so it looks like she's bleeding. On her like, little nighty, on her on her little like cute cute white nighty, little sexy nighty. Um, and she knows where the camera is, and so <laughs> she ties like a ribbon around her her her. So, ankle. It lo- so it looks like she's been held. Yeah, but with the ribbon. <laughs> uh, she she's really hoping that those cameras are grainy quality. Well, the leg, you would t- who ties a woman with only a ribbon? Not her hands. Of course, she could just untie. And the she ribbon. also um crawls towards where the security camera is, like Megan in the forest. Yeah, and she's just screaming, <laughs> yeah. and banging on whatever. Um, and so it's you no, know, there is surveillance evidence of her in pain, trying to escape. Yada yada right. yada. And then uh, Desi comes home. She goes, "You're right. I'm gonna stay here. Let's fuck." Yeah. They start to fuck. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is trying his best to the be attracted. Sound, yeah, lucky lucky for him, it's moving too quickly. Now, for Neil Patrick Harris, any speed would be too quick. <laughs> However, for this, it's just moving too quickly for Desi. He, he was, like, he was like, like, I want this passionate and romantic. I miss when you were 17. Because that's what he's trying to do is turn her back into the 17-year-old version right. of herself. Um, and she has a box cutter under the pillow yeah. where they're having sex. He's on top. She just fully reaches up, slits Waits his throat. for him to come. Or it's yeah. as he comes. It's as he comes, slits his throat. There's some really interesting, I'm not going to say good, interesting directorial choices where it starts like flashing in and out between like black screens. He's like raining blood on her. So much blood. Like, the, yeah, I mean, she probably got his carotid. Like, <laughs> carotid? Carotid. Sorry. She got his carrot. <laughs> I mean, she got his carrot somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, she waits for him to come. Yeah, so that's so that the semen. So, so that, look, if this girl knows one thing, it's how to get cum in her. And so now she's just coated in blood. Covered in his fucking blood. But now she can be like, oh, it was self-defense. Right. Now, there is a point. I There's so much wrong with this. But my issue, my only, my main issue with Neil Patrick Harris's behavior is at one point he comes back from <laughs> the store. <laughs> He comes over the store and he's like, here, I got you stuff. I got you hair dye. You cannot use hair dye to dye your hair blonde. <laughs> Box dye. Like I, and I say this to someone who has, gone, who has gone bleach blonde. She already dyed her hair. Color does not remove color. If you have watched any Brad Mondo, you literally, like, you can't just put, sorry. That just really bugged me. That's actually how they were trying to play him as straight. It really bugged me because it worked. Because they're like, a straight man would think this would work. It bugged me because it worked. She's blonde in the next scene. That's not how Bugs Night works. But then she walks up to her and um, Ben Affleck's house like fucking Carrie. You know, at this point when the media has gone Full, full circle back. They're like, actually, we think he's a pretty good guy. Yeah. We, have, we think he's he's good. Um, and then they're they're like, okay, so Nick is clearly innocent and that we can have Desi be the kidnapper. He doesn't even try to look happy she's back. Oh, he no. just stands there. Media is everywhere. I'm like, buddy, Tyler Perry would be living the, with the, you. The cop is trying to do her job of being like, hey, a lot of these are really inconsistent. But she keeps being like, 
I'm traumatized. Like, I don't remember everything. I know, like, no. why do you, like, why, you you, why was my case put into the incompetent hands of someone like you? They do an FBI interview in a weird way where I don't think they would do an FBI interview this way. Where Ben Affleck is just standing behind a window watching? Well, that, and it's it's in the hospital, and it's just a group of people. Not, but, like, it's done the way a press interview would be done, but it's being conducted by the FBI. That's not how you interview someone. Well, and I think it's... An Especially in- a victim. I think it's an interesting choice that I think is for the better of having this lead investigator be a, be a woman. Because um, it doesn't feel as malicious <laughs> as right. it would be if it were a man... Pointing at the but they try to and the they stories. try to play it that way about like she's being malicious and like earlier they tried to put in something of like her having a crush on him yeah because whenever she's looking at like things where she's like maybe he didn't do it people are like oh you just have a, you, you just like him why How, are you trying to get him out of this you however um <laughs> her name is Boney yeah they also at one Rhonda Boney good for her at <laughs> one point. They, um, the media implies that him and his sister are fucking. And I just found it funny because they're sitting there in an airport. He's looking at it and some guy just leans over to the guy next to him at the airport and loudly goes, it's twincest and turns around. And first of all, I was like, not the Winchesters, no. (laughs) Second of all, (laughs) what? That is not a thing the media would do. I'll throw that out there right now. They're like, say that they're fucking? Say that he's fucking I don't know. Maybe it's like a Fox News thing. Maybe because they do have this, um, I have Missy Pyle from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory playing this Nancy Grace. She's Nancy Grace she, she's style. playing not like it's it's not even style. She like her name isn't Nancy Grace, but she's playing Nancy Grace yeah. to a T. And so now Amy's back. She she walks into the house and he immediately goes, Fuck you. Outside <laughs> he goes, You're such a cunt. And I'm like, oh my God. There are microphones. <laughs> like some of those will pick that like, up. Give it a 15 second intermission. Jesus Christ. And then they, you know, walk inside and he's like, tell me what fucking happened. And she's like, get fully naked and prove you're not wearing a wire. And so then they're just, he just like walks a little bare butt into their shower. Yeah, and this is after they get back from the hospital. Mm-hmm. So they just let her leave covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. She showed up at the hospital. They did all of their stuff with her covered in someone else's blood and yeah. then sent her home covered in blood. In addition to being a forensic nightmare. Not what they would do. She's like washing the blood off of her. I can't believe they left this blood on me. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) And sorry, the synopsis says she goes to the shower to wash off the copious amounts of Desi's blood blood. still covering her. Like it's so much blood. And then she basically, she doesn't like confess, but she all, she basically Basically confirms that his suspicions are true. She's like, I'm here. I want the guy that I saw on TV. Um, But yeah, she goes, you wanted me to come back. So I came back. She's what? like, isn't this what you asked for? And he's like, there's so much blood in the shower. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, dude, our shower is pink now. He's like, I wanted this le- with less blood, pretty much. Um, he's like, you're a murderer. You murdered someone. She's like. And so he starts like sleeping in a separate room. Like yeah. they're back, but he's, she's like, you can sleep here, you know? And he's like, no. I'm fucking good. <laughs> he's like, no, this What happened okay. to the last guy you slept with? Let's, let me ask you that. <laughs> and then they basically, they stay together is, is, is how... This movie ends despite... she says she's pregnant. Well, even before then, you can tell he's thinking about it. He keeps saying, he keeps being like, I'm going to leave as soon as this dies down. Yeah. I don't, like, maybe. And, like, I think her saying that she's pregnant solidifies him staying. But even then, like, When Margo's on the floor crying saying, you want to stay with her, is when I'm like, oh, I see what they're saying. 
like it where and that's where like the core message of message but like the core thing of this movie is like these people make each other worse and therefore they're drawn to each other yeah it's like neither of these people is a good person they both one of them's a murderer and then the other's ben affleck and they yeah. <laughs> one of them's a murderer one of them's played by a murderer <laughs> and one's rosamund pike Ben Affleck hasn't killed anybody. No, I'm saying Ben Affleck himself is a murderer. I know. I'm falsely accusing Ben Affleck. No! <laughs> Don't do that when his brother is actually awful. What? Casey Affleck. He hasn't, hasn't murdered. They're brothers? Who? Ben Affleck and Casey Affleck? Because well, I, I recognize... I'm sorry. Can I make a guess what you're about to say right now? Do you love Casey Affleck's work, work on, on SNL? SNL? I remember him from SNL, I think. Did you think that there were two actors with the last name Affleck... Who both did a lot of Dunkin' Donuts no, based be- media. Believe it or not, I think that I'm familiar with Casey Affleck's wrongdoings. <laughs> and so had him in a different category of act. Like I was like, Ben Affleck's an well, actor. Well, because Casey was- Affleck's a criminal. <laughs> and it's it, 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 it was, you know, probably 2016. I think it was like peak of Me Too movement. And it was the year that Casey Affleck was nominated and won an Oscar mm-hmm. for Manchester by the Sea. That women were like... No, he, he assaulted me. Yeah, he's not great. <laughs> he's not a great guy. But yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're hanging out. But they make public appearances looking like a little happy couple. He also, I think, does he? Oh, no, he doesn't punch her in the face. He shoves her really hard in the wall. He, like, fully shoves her against the <laughs> fucking wall. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's when he says the word cunt, like, five times in one sentence. And that's literally why, while there's someone waiting downstairs to interview them. And I'm like, dude, bad timing. But, but, that, but she also goes, like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm, cunt you married. I'm the cunt you married. I'm the cunt you love. Cunt, cunt, cunt. And yeah, we say the word cunt a lot, guys. We've like, got to make this rated R, cunt. <laughs> And they, <laughs> they just really a weird little series of, it's, it's like well, a lot. And it's like, it's like, you could feel how acerbic the word cunt well, is. And, and back in 2014, like the word cunt has kind of come back into fashion. I personally love it. I yeah. don't know about you, but back in 2014, we did not say the word cunt. Like that was not a word. People College said. Humor has a whole sketch about how there's not a male equivalent because there's something so <laughs> You're, biting acer- about Acerbic cunt. is a really good word something for Something is so acerbic about the word cunt. Um. And then, so they're getting ready for this interview. She basically gives him a positive pregnancy test. And he goes, I haven't touched you. And she goes, remember when we just gave your semen to a sperm bank to, for safekeeping? And he's like, I want a paternity test. Good. Because it sure it's could your, be it's, Desi's. It's, yeah. But she's also, not. But she, like, she's also like, but it's your semen. It's your semen. And I went to that doctor that I went to <laughs> earlier who can't tell how pregnant you are based on your pee. Um, she says, uh, I'm the cunt you fell in love with. I'm the only cunt that ever made you feel like a man. They go down and do their interview. During the interview, um, they're like, we're going to be parents. Everyone celebrates. Margot's pissed. Oh, Margot's so upset. Don't blame her. And he's like, uh, you know, and she's like, you're st- you're sticking with this for 18 years. And he's like, yep. <laughs> and then that's just how it ends. It ends, how it ends. It ends with um, the same shot it opened with, but now like the different Amy. Now we know different things. Now we have information. Is it a different shot? It's a different shot. It's a more malicious looking shot. Yes. Okay. It is what I thought, but I wasn't sure if it was meant to be. It's it's like the same shot set up, but like it is different Amy's. It is her looking up at him like I know what happened versus the first one is meant to be more of like a ambiguous, they're laying together. She looks at him. I mean, it's the beginning where um, he's like, I wish I could cut open her brain and tear apart her skull to know what she's thinking. A normal thing for a man to say. Yeah. I mean, look, man, me too, but honestly. <laughs> and then it just kind of ends on that of like, they're back together. A lot of people are very mad about the 
that seems to be like one of the big sticking points of this movie is people do not like that he stays with her. But I think that's the point. I think that's the point. Is that they're both awful for each other. She's they exciting. Both, they both make each other worse, but he doesn't know anything else. And he also knows, and she makes this point that like if he leaves, he's gonna look awful. It's 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 less about like she's exciting and he's like, oh, this is all I know, and more like at this point my my ego and my public perception have already been through so much. If I just got my wife back and now she's pregnant and I leave her. The media would get over it. The yeah, media but would get he's, over it quickly. I, and I'm sure they would. And we don't know that he doesn't leave her. It is very He's five years old. Like, he might still leave her. It is very funny, too, because he's like, Tyler Perry's like, all right, well, case closed. He's like, no, I'm still in a lot of trouble here. And he's like, no, I know, but I did my part. I did the <laughs> wife killing part. The rest, good fucking luck, man. I'm going back to New York. Have fun. All right, King. King, what do you got for us? I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked it. It was a good movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. It's st- <laughs> at one point I had to go take a call for work. Um, we paused it, and there was still an hour, hour something left. left. Yeah, it's a long movie. Uh, you know what? I think that she could have gotten away with this. I think that instead of call- calling Desi, she should have called her parents. I mm. think her mom a hundred percent would have helped her. Yeah, to keep the image going. Yeah. And would have done, I think, a much better job. Well, yeah, Probably because, a less rapey job. Well, and then that would tie back to, like, the Amazing Amy stuff of, like, taking your daughter's mistakes and sanitizing them to look good for the public. Like, that would have I been... I should have written the <laughs> Well, and maybe the book is different. Probably not. Oh, okay. All right. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so, we've been in Missouri this whole time. We're, and we've been in misery this whole time. We've been in misery this whole time. We're going to leave Missouri. Missouri, as some people call it, for some fucking reason. I beg you to listen to this part. I know we've been talking for a while, but this is so fucking interesting. You don't (laughs) understand. We're going to go to Redding, California. Okay. A man named Keith Papini calls (laughs) 911. Did you laugh because I said Papini? It sounds like Panini. (laughs) It just just sounds silly. Don't worry, because people do accidentally call, call them Panini in the news a few times. Keith Papini calls 911 because he has gotten home from work, and his wife... 34-year-old Sherry, mm-hmm. is nowhere to be found. Oh, no. And neither are his kids. He is looking for her. He calls the daycare that they have the kids at and says, hey, when did she pick up the kids? And they go, the kids are still here. She never picked up the kids. And he goes, interesting. Um, I guess he goes, I'll be there shortly or something. I know he got the kids from the daycare eventually. <laughs> they didn't just stay there forever. <laughs> he uses Find My iPhone to try and track her phone, is able to do so, and finds her phone sitting neatly placed with her headphones wrapped up on the sidewalk, but there's uh, tufts of hair are tangled in the, in the wires. So I don't know how it can both be neatly wrapped and tangled, but that's just what I was told. There's long blonde hair in the wires, but it's, it's placed there. It doesn't look right. like it was thrown. It looks like it was put down with the attention of coming back. Right. So they're looking for her. Keith, obviously, is, is suspect. 22 days later, uh, on the side of the road, there's another 911 call from a trucker who has found someone named, he says, Sherry Panini. Uh, <laughs> he finds someone. She's in chains. She's beaten on the side of the road. She says, I've been kidnapped. I've been abducted. Help me. He calls 911, takes her. The police have to cut the chains off of her, and she is taken to hospitals for Mm -hmm. medical reasons. The way you normally, why you're taken to hospital. When you're in chains and blood. Yeah, she's found in chains 140 miles away from home. So, Girl. Yeah. Um, She is beaten very badly. Her whole face is like yellow and and green. Uh, She has been branded on her shoulder. A Bible verse has been branded into her shoulder. She's lost 15 pounds, and she weighs 87 pounds at this point. 34-year-old. Um... She had long blonde hair, which is now cut to a bob. 
uh, and her nose is broken. So she says that while she was on her run, two Hispanic women oh, no. came and kidnapped her to sell her into sex trafficking. Uh, she was kept in a closet, chained in the closet for the 22 days until one of the women, the younger woman, let her go. And she escaped and fleed. And now she's, you know, here with her brand. And there's almost immediately some questions. Now, what I need you to understand is that this happened, uh, I think, 2016. Yes, 2016, she disappeared. She was found Thanksgiving Day, 2016. Um, The reason why this is important is because I fucking remember when this happened. 2016 is also when the podcast My Favorite Murder started. Oh, shit. And they did bring her up. And the thing is, when it was brought up, is that there was a series of inconsistencies in her story, but it was very fucking frowned upon to say anything about it. Because as far as anyone knew, she could have been a victim of sex trafficking. Right. One of the first inconsistencies they find is that she has male DNA on her clothing, which does not match her being abducted and held by only two women. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Her first husband says that she had a history of lying and in fact says that as soon as he saw she was kidnapped, he went, no, she's fucking not. (laughs) Which you may recall is what the ex-boyfriend in this also says. Right. They're unable to find these two Hispanic women. And her story doesn't really make sense in that she's saying she was sex trafficked. That's why she was was put into, she was kidnapped for the purpose of sex trafficking. The women apparently told her that uh, a cop had bought her. And so that's why she was, she tries to argue she doesn't want to speak to police. Because she says the police are in on it. It is strange to brand her. Yeah. If she's a... If you're selling her body. If you're selling her body. Similarly, it's strange to cut her long trademark blonde hair short. Right. If you're selling, if you're planning to sell her, yeah. essentially. it's It all kind of read the way that people think sex trafficking would work. Like you hear that first, you're like, yeah, that sounds kind of like what it would be like to be like a, 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 like in, sold into sexual slavery. But that's not how it actually works. It's, it's very it's very cinematic, the way that she, she makes this right. argument. But they are putting in the work to find her. Her husband stands by her and says she was kidnapped, and they're going to find the people who did this. Three years later, they've been investigating for three years. <laughs> the total investigation on this cost uh, over $230,000. And I will also add that on the same day, Sherry Papini went missing, another woman a few counties over went missing, and she's never been found. And a lot of people feel that the investigation into Sherry Papini kept that woman from being found took a lot of resources away from actual crimes actual crimes i say because listen to this 2019 they run the dna the male dna that they found on her through 23andme Mm -hmm. and it is matched to a man who has two sons one of whom is an ex-boyfriend of sherry papini james reyes they go to his house and say hey so you you know the shit we you you heard about this stuff with your your ex-girlfriend he's like no we haven't spoken forever it's been forever since we like i haven't spoken to her in forever it's been so long since we spoken and they're like really and he's like no okay i can tell you the truth he tells them that sherry papini uh had been communicating with him via burner phone <laughs> for a long for a period of time mm-hmm. uh they both have burner phones right saying that her husband keith had been beating her oh, raping geez. her and that she was in an abusive relationship and that she needed to get out she asked him to rent a car and come pick her up so he drove the 150 miles eight hour drive i believe they said it was to pick her up and take her back to his house she stayed there for the full 22 days according to him. Now, he makes clear he did not touch her and he didn't know what she was doing, but mm-hmm. she fa- he found her behavior very strange because she kept hitting herself, starving herself to lose 15 pounds and wanted him to hit her, but he was like, I'm not going to fucking hit you. Like, no. But one thing he did do is he asked him to 
bank a puck off her leg so she could get a bruise there. So he hit a hockey puck off her leg to give her like a big bruise. And then he said that after 22 days, she said, I miss my kids. I want to go back. He put her in the car, drove her back, dropped her off. And that's how she was found. She also, she stayed in his bedroom. He slept on his couch. <laughs> Cuck. This guy's a simp. <laughs> Friends, please don't. Oh, he also did the branding. She asked him to brand her, but she said she wanted it as like a tattoo on her shoulder. This guy is Cuck. fucking stupid. Other things that had come out in the meanwhile is that there was some very racist posts made under Sherry Papini's name oh, no. in her high school days about Hispanic, in which she said that she went to a school where it was a lot of Hispanic people. She got beaten regularly. She was very active in skinhead websites. Oh, Jesus. And she said women should never fight. And, and a skinhead should be doing the work for them. But if no skinhead is around, women need to fight. I fought off eight Hispanic people and they could tell that my white pride was too strong for them to beat it out. <laughs> like it straight up was like a, like a R, yeah, that happened uh, story. Like she wrote white supremacist fan fiction about herself. Jesus Christ. So there was, from the beginning, people were like, it feels like she's r racist. And they're like, yeah. please don't say that about someone who's just been kidnapped. And we're like, Okay. But also... But also she's a liar. And they're like, no, 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 you stop that. And we're like, hey, but she's a racist liar. <laughs> and none of this makes sense. Yeah. Kind of kicker is that they found an honest green, uh, honey honey green tea bottle in James, Re James Reyes's trash. And it matches the DNA found on Sherry Papini's clothing. So there they go see Sherry. And they're like, hey, we have information that we need to discuss with you. You can find the full interrogation online oh, and Jesus. it's fucking fascinating because you watch over the course of an hour and 45 minutes, Keith Papini realizes his wife has been lying this entire time. He had no idea. The cops sit her down and show her the room that she stayed in and say, this is the room you were kept in. We found, we found pictures, we know where it is. And you see Keith do kind of like a little like fist bump because he's excited because they're gonna find who did it to her. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, we found your DNA here. This is the room you stayed in. And she's like, yeah, yeah, maybe, probably. I don't remember, I was chained to a, uh, in a closet. And they're like, and how were you chained? And she's like, there was a pole in the closet and I was chained around my waist to the pole in the closet. The, the pole with a metal metal rope chain. And they're like, so it's interesting because we found your DNA here and this is the house of someone. We will let you decide if you want to keep Keith in here for this. Keith this whole time does not understand what's happening. Keith's like, oh, I'm Keith. I'm Keith. Oh, that's me. I'm Keith, I'm Keith Papini. Um, they're like, you can decide if you want to keep Keith in here, but I'm going to say a name. If you want, I can say it and then you can decide if you want to keep Keith in here or not. Keith literally sitting there going, do you want me? I could stay or I can go. Whatever you want, babe. I don't care. It's fine. We got to find them. And she's like, I need a moment with my husband. She speaks with her husband and she's crying. And she's like, I don't want them to find out who it was. That younger girl is who let me go. If they arrest her, I'm betraying her. She's the one who brought me back to my children. It, we can't do it. She's, and Keith's like, but why? <laughs> they kidnapped you. Why do you feel this way? The cops are come back in and she's like, I won't, like, I will not let you arrest you, arrest her. I do not want you to find her. And the cop goes, don't worry, we won't. And then essentially it goes, last chance. Do you want, you, what do you want? And she won't make a fucking decision. So he's like, all right, look, the DNA came back to your ex-boyfriend, James Reyes. So she starts crying and is like, no, it couldn't have been him. It couldn't have been him who kidnapped me. That doesn't make any sense. He's my friend. Why would he have kidnapped me? That doesn't make any sense. And they're like, we know. We know it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she's like, but it, it couldn't have been him. It couldn't have been him. She keeps repeating that. Just like, it could, and, and I think she's buying herself time, but she's right. like, it couldn't be him. It could be him. And they're like, we have it. It's DNA. Just we, like, wait, he, he, it's we, him. We know it was him. And now Keith's sitting there going, what? Just wait, babe. <laughs> babe, what? I'm Keith. 
<laughs> and the fun part of it is that uh, throughout the hour, 45 minutes, he subconsciously moves his chair away from her <gasps> until he goes from sitting next to her to being fully in the corner. But they don't charge her. Keith to the cops essentially is like, I'm Keith. I'm Keith. <laughs> um, nice to meet you guys. I'm Keith Papini. Um, what the fuck do I do? You're telling me that she masterminded this whole thing. I have kids at home. And they're like, eh, we don't know. You know, like, the media's going to find out about it. And he's like, okay, but like, what do I need to know? And they're like, you'll find out on the media. And he's like, no, 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 no. Please, I'm Keith. What? <laughs> uh, because they think he might be in on it. So they won't give him information. So they both go home. They think Keith's in on it? They think Keith's in on it. No, because Keith. Keith, Sherry Papini was sentenced to 18 months in prison uh, in September of 2022. That recently? That recently. It took them that long. Wait. And she is, <laughs> Wait, she was charged with lying to police uh-huh. and mail fraud. <laughs> because on a technicality, <laughs> that's the thing. It took them so long to figure out what they could even charge her with because she didn't technically commit a crime she wasted resources she did all this shit but pretending to be abducted is not a crime it's just like a dick move james reyes was not charged her husband was not charged they've since divorced yeah i think so yeah right he he genuinely seems to have had nothing to do with it um and so yeah, he's keith he's keith well and, and people had brought up like oh well what's these skinhead websites and he's like oh she told me that that was a prank that someone pulled on her they put it in her name they wrote so- it so is, is Keith just dumb? I can't tell if Keith is dumb or racist. I think Keith's just a little bit dumb. He seems really nice. <laughs> I think Keith is just a real He's idiot. also cute. I feel bad for <laughs> Keith. And, and so people almost immediately started making the parallels to Gone Girl. Because this follows some of those beats. Yeah. The ex-boyfriend exactly. thing in like a separate Be- house. Ex-boyfriend in a separate house. And then using him to right. feign injuries. The fact that she was found so dramatically on the side of the road after escaping her captors. Not covered in blood, but covered in chains. And so why did she do this? Exactly. <laughs> that was a big thing. Like, I, what was I the end goal to can't it? express how crazy it was to watch this happen because you were not allowed to fucking say anything. Because one of the biggest arguments is why the fuck would anyone do this? Yeah. What is she gaining from this? James Reyes, I think, is just a simp. Uh, yeah. Keith Duff. Well, because it clearly... She didn't try to implicate Keith in any way. It no. wasn't like an elaborate way to get out of her marriage. She's a compulsive liar. And she wanted to s- hook wanted, up. She just wanted to do something? She wanted to hook up with her ex-boyfriend, essentially. She had been, and she had been talking to multiple men to do this for her. So it's unclear if so she wanted... James was just a simp simp. Simp simp. It's unclear if she wanted out of the marriage, if she just wanted to like get attention, get away. They don't know. But she, she has a childhood history of doing this. Of, quote, running away from her problems... I run away from my problems. This is not running away from your problems. This is a lot more than that. Early pop. So she was facing up to 25 years, but she signed a plea deal. Yes. The mail fraud really will get you. <laughs> what the fuck? That mail fraud will get you hard. Don't commit mail fraud, guys. They'll go after you. I, I think it's similar to I think it's similar to an OJ thing where they were like, we can't get her for what we want to get her for, but we can get her hard for, other for something else. Yeah. That's crazy. And I watched this unfold from 2016 on. This is crazy. No, it's insane. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's the real life Gone Girl. That, and that happened after. And people do believe that she had seen the movie and then decided to do this. <laughs> so uh, my mini game. Yeah. It's called Did the Husband Do It? Jesus Christ. I've got four cases for you. I feel like I'm going to implicate my... Like, I feel like I'm going to get arrested. I've got four cases for you. Okay. One of them. One of them? One of them, the husband did it. 
I considered doing just like a thought experiment on how to commit the perfect crime. And then I, I thought like, that's what we were going to do. That'll implicate us too much. Yeah. That's too risky. When I commit the perfect crime, when we commit that'll the perfect, be Well, because I, I have notes on what she did. I know what she did wrong. The blood splatter was not enough. And blood splatter evidence, fun fact, is a fucking hoax. Mm. It's a hoax in that... Oh, I didn't make my blood point. Oh. Where they're like super mad that he doesn't know her blood type. <laughs> I don't know my blood type. As soon as he leaves, the other officer goes, should I know my wife's blood type? And the lady goes, no. I know, <laughs> but like, I don't even know my blood type. I wouldn't know yours. And that's inside of me. Yeah, I don't know mine. I don't think my parents know mine. I don't think my I, parents know their own. I've tried to get my parents to tell me my blood type. And they're like, we don't know. The hospital didn't test you when you were born. That sounds like you were stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were switched at birth. All right. I got four crimes for you. Okay. Are these real? These are all real crimes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to call all of these people Michael. Because I don't know how familiar you might be with any of these cases. So they're all going to be Michael. All the men in question are Michaels. <laughs> okay, great. So, oh yeah, upon going through this, a couple of these guys are, are, named Michael. are literally named Michael. <laughs> so Drew, I'm going to call all these guys Michael. Because all of their names are Michael. <laughs> Situation one, we have a 23-year-old soldier, a combat me- combat medic, okay. uh, former high school cheerleader, very pretty girl, who goes missing one night after going out with friends. She married young, and her ex-husband, Mike, Michael, his friends called him Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of familiarity am I at with Michael? Michael. Had moved out with her to do her training to join the military service. And then they decided to take a trial separation. He was a bad alcoholic uh, and he was not being good to her. She was also having an affair. Mm-hmm. So she had an affair with another man. This is the boyfriend. So his name's not Michael. <laughs> okay. With, uh, she had a boyfriend who she was having an affair with for a year, who mm-hmm. she planned to divorce Michael for this boyfriend. She goes out and she goes out with uh, an acquaintance of hers that she met at a bar and she texts her boyfriend and says, I need you to call me. I need you to call me immediately. And then says, I'm home, actually. It's fine. You can call me tomorrow. And that's what the boyfriend says. Mm-hmm. They later find her body. She has been uh, strangled and buried. And it takes a, a little while to find her. They ended up having to hire a private investigator to look into this and who ended up finally solving the case and finding, finding her body. That's case number one. Okay. Case number two. We have a, our good friend, Michael. Yes. It's the day after Michael's birthday. Okay. And his wife is found uh, bludgeoned to death in their house on his birthday. This is while he claims that he was at work. Now, they do have a son who was home at the time, three years old, who says it was not his dad who did it. However, as he grows up, the son changes his name and stops visiting his father in prison. They were able to find a a bloodstained bandana outside of the house. Yeah, that's it. That's what I have for you. I think that son killed his mom. Oh my God. (laughs) I think that baby killed her. Case number three. Okay. Uh, A young girl arrives at her neighbor's house, beaten, and claims that she was uh, sexually assaulted. I believe she's like nine. She's little. And that her grandmother was also assaulted and her grandmother's been murdered. The neighbor asks her to wait one second while they finish breakfast. (laughs) You think your mini game made me mad? This makes me so mad. (laughs) They finish breakfast. And the girl says that her the guy who did it looks a lot like her uncle Michael. This mother-in-law would be the, this would be the mother-in-law. The grandmother would be the mother-in-law of um, you know Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't get along very well. That's what we got on that one. Oh God. Okay. Last case. A woman is dropped off by her neighbor at uh, 1:48 a.m. to her house with the intention of meeting back up with her neighbor uh, to go to an appointment at noon. At 1 a.m. No, later. 
she's dropped off at 1.48 a.m. Okay. At and noon. Then, okay. Her neighbor can't get a hold of her. So she calls the cops. <laughs> Goes to her house first, knocks. Can't find her. Calls right. the cops. Uh, and the husband is at work. He comes back from work and lets the police into the house to look around. <laughs> it's very similar kind of to the search that happened in the movie. Where it's kind of like, and this is our room. Yeah, I just, here you go. And they find uh, her wedding ring was left on the side of, on his, on their bedside table. They also, however, find her purse inside. Her car is inside. Uh, her car is inside? <laughs> inside the home. <laughs> she her car is still there. Her car is in the garage. But they are able to confirm that the husband was at work. Those are our four cases. I think it was Michael. Do you? <laughs> oh, did I mention in that last one the guy's named Michael? <laughs> Michael is the husband. <laughs> the thing is, I don't even know if I can, like... I think I'm just gonna have to, like... You can ask me questions, because these are all real cases I know about, but... Did the son kill his mom? No. Okay. Three-year-old Eric did not kill his mom, wife of Michael. We're all convinced that Burke killed John Bidet. Three-year-old Eric Jr. and Michael Jr. Fuck. Michael Jr. <laughs> there was a lot more details for that first one. You but can, again, ask me any questions. Yeah, so, so can you go back to the details of the body being found for that first one for the combat medic? Yeah. So she was having an affair, you know, whatever. She called her boyfriend, said, come get me. Or no, call me right now. Actually, don't. I'm at home. And then where was her body found? In the woods. What kind of injuries? Uh, she was skeletonized by the point that they found her. How long did it take them to find her? Years. Oh! So she just went missing. She went missing. Okay. Let me see if I can... I probably I honestly shouldn't even have told you that they found her body, but I did. You'll notice that the rest of them, I then proceeded to give a little less detail. Because <laughs> I was like, I think I gave too much detail in that one. 25 months Jesus. to find her. I was like, 25 years. I'm like, girl... I don't think it's number three because I don't trust children. <laughs> However, <laughs> for number two, you're confident that Michael Jr. killed his mom. Well, no, well, no, because because it's, he's like my dad didn't do it, but then it's like oh, but then he like stops talking to his dad probably because his dad was like, hey, I think you killed your mom. <laughs> like, I can't looked, express he was three years it old. It looks like he went into witness protection. No, but like, look, I remember as a child, all. 40-year-old men looked the exact same. So her just being like, that kind of looks like my Uncle Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ju- I just don't think that that's enough proof. <laughs> Uncle Michael didn't like Grandma. Okay. Why would he assault the child? Um, I, can al- I mean, I can also, if you'd like, give you information on whether or not the Michael in each case was arrested. That does not indicate if the Michael did it. No. Was, was Michael in the third one arrested? Based only on this little girl yes. saying, it looked like my Uncle well, Michael. Well, because later her, her testimony changed to, it was my Uncle Michael. Interesting. The neighbors reported that that's what she said. Interesting. Damn, I feel like it's going to be Uncle Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know if these other three Michaels are uncles. <laughs> so did they ever find... This was so much fun, too. By did the they way. ever find the fourth woman? Yes. Can I get details? <laughs> she was murdered. She was strangled to death. Strangled. They found okay. her body. Was it also in the woods? Was it next to that other body they found in the woods? <laughs> no, no. They found, actually, they found her body by his workplace. All right. I kind of really think it's number four. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yeah, the first one. The first one, I think she just got unlucky. The first one, I feel like I'm going to make a bold guess. I'm going to make bold guesses for all these. I'm sticking that that kid killed his mom. <laughs> a bold, bold guess. Um, the first one, I think she was killed by the Zodiac Killer. Uh, and then number three. Um, number three, um, it wasn't Uncle Michael. It was Uncle Craig. <gasps> They're twins. How dare you? <laughs> I think number four, the husband did it. If I were to tell you number four is the story of Chris Watts. (gasps) That's the story of Christopher Watts. He murdered his pregnant wife. So he did do it! And two daughters. Yes. 
Oh, no, he, Do like, you know himself. the story of Chris Watts? Yes. I, That's why I didn't give a lot of details, because I didn't want to... Okay. I wasn't sure how familiar I, you I, were. I know of it, but I wouldn't be able to spell any details. I didn't know just he killed his wife and kids. He... So he... His story was... You told me I could ask questions. No, yeah. Well, now you're done. Well, I... <laughs> but you could have asked me any questions you want. I gave you the information. This is the story where he... He and his wife were having issues. He was having an affair. Mm-hmm. This story has a lot of parallels to this movie, but also happened after. Interesting. In that he was having an affair with a younger, like, brunette and his wife. <laughs> this one has a lot of parallels, but he actually did it. And his wife was pregnant. And he strangled her in a... He actually might have hit her on the head and then strangled her. But he... I kind of bullshitted. I think she was strangled. I don't remember. Because kind of the obvious part is that she was found in a barrel. And I figured if I gave you that information too quickly, it'd be kind of clear. He was fighting with her about a divorce, hit her over the head, and or strangled her. And their daughter walked in. Their older daughter Oof. walked in. So he told her she was that his, his that his wife, their mom, was sick. Took them in the car with her body and the two girls to his workplace. He worked in oil, and he put her into a barrel and then strangled both daughters and also put them in barrels and buried them. He's a piece of shit. He buried the whole barrel. I think. Jesus. They had to like go in and look for the oil barrels. Because isn't this also the one where like people will pull up pictures of them as a family and be like, how could this man murder his wife and yeah. kids? Where they're just like, it's it's one of those examples. Because he looks like a normal dude. It's one of those examples of like men can just snap at any point. He looks like he could be your uncle. Oh my God, that's my uncle Michael. Oh my God, <laughs> Uncle Michael? You're Chris Watts? Wait, so who? <laughs> well, now I need answers for the rest. Don't worry, I got him. Case... I did that. You did that. The first one's the Zodiac Killer, right? Case one is uh, Kelly Bordeaux. She was murdered. Um... She was murdered. She went out. She was murdered by the acquaintance who took her to the bar. They met at the bar. He was a bartender at the bar that they went to. The way that they were able to find out what happened is this private investigator befriended him, gave him a fake plea deal that he had printed and stapled that said, if you just admit you did it, you don't go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) It's like in Comic Sans and like written in crayon. And the guy looked at it considered it and went no they'll just take it back and the guy went and the fact that he even considered it proved to me immediately that he fucking did it obviously and through befriending this guy he got him to tell him where the body was and he's he is the one who dug her up and found her and he's he seems like a nice dude at least in this story i don't know what else he's done but in this story he saw her and he was like all right baby girl you're going home i found you he was very sweet and he did free of charge he just was bored he just wanted to go digging case number three where you think the three-year-old killed his number two Case number two, where you think the three-year-old killed his mother. Yes. You have just two. This is the case of Michael Morton and his wife, Christine Morton, and and his son, Eric. His son is named Eric. Oh, you just fucked up? I just fucked up. (laughs) His son's just Eric. Um, So she was, it was a stranger murder. She had been bludgeoned to death um, in her home by a stranger. The dude left his bandana? He left his bandana and it had his blood on it. However, Michael Morton did 25 years in jail for this. And his... Pro- they couldn't test the blood? His, I believe his prosecutor or def- one of the, the sides was charged criminally because they did not include this information. They did not, in his case, mention that there was the bandana there, that they had the blood. Jesus Whether Christ. it could be tested or not at the time, I'm not sure. But they did, if they failed to mention this, and they failed to mention some other thing, if I recall correctly. So then what did they have against this guy? Circumstantial. It looked like it was. It was weird. It was the day after. I know, his but like, birthday. why? Why would you not mention evidence? Like, you know, like it, it sounds like to win ha- the case. Some people are dirty, um, and they did eventually track it, and it went back to a man named Mark Norwood, who uh, would go on to kill another woman oh. while Mike Morton was in prison. God. Case number three, Uncle Michael. This is the case of Clarence Elkin. So 
this story, Clarence... Oh, that dude does look like an Uncle Michael. He does. Uh, this story is Clarence Elkins and his uh, wife, ex-wife now, they ended up getting divorced, but who fought to free him because she knew he didn't do it. He had been with her. I believe he, she said that he was there. She was, right. a, like, she was a light sleeper or something. She was very confident it wasn't him. And she was like, I know the man that I'm, I'm married to. He wouldn't have raped our nine-year-old niece. The he person, was convicted solely on the testimony of the kid. He was convicted solely. And if you haven't pulled up, how long did he do in jail? Convicted in 1999 and was freed in 2005. Yeah. So like six, seven years. So this, the, the, the girl's name was Brooke. Uh, she called a neighbor and didn't get an answer. So she left a message on the answering machine that said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but my grandma died and I need someone to get my mom for me. I'm all alone. Someone killed my grandpa, not grandma. Now, please, would you get a hold of me as soon as you can by? And then walked to the neighbor's house where they said, can you just hold on while we finish breakfast? We have pancakes that we gotta get. And if you think that's weird, you're right. Because the neighbor fucking did it. The husband of the neighbor who did not let Brooke into the house is the one who did it. And what? And the testimony they recorded, <laughs> the testimony that convicted her, him, was based on them saying that it was her uncle, Clarence. So did she not say that? She said it looked like her uncle, Clarence. They reported that she said it was her uncle, Clarence. And then a, tra- a traumatized child, it's very easy to feed information to. So then she couldn't give them a definitive answer. And so he was convicted and went to jail for it. His wife at the time was the one who fought to get her- get him out of prison because she knew it wasn't him. And they did end up divorcing, but she... I think they divorced on like fine terms and she she did it not even out of a um like wasn't even necessarily I don't think out of like love for him as much as just like obviously wanting justice for her mom but it also like destroyed the relationship between her and her sister because her sister thought that her husband did this and that her sister would wasn't telling the truth but they did eventually I believe make up that's what (laughs) story's nuts (laughs) that story is I was wondering why you were crazy. I was wondering why you were so angry that they finished their breakfast. I'm still mad though. I know, I know. Even if he hadn't done it, how fucked up is that? She was, because she was covered in blood. Uh, That that led to a new act in Ohio, Bill 77. uh, Provisions requiring the police to follow best practices for eyewitness identification. Generally, I think they should follow follow best practices for everything. Uncle Michael, I am so sorry that Uncle Michael. Uncle Michael, I hope you're okay. I need you to know how much fucking fun I had putting this together and that I had like- scare me. I had like four more. But yeah, that's my minigame. Sorry, I'm reading a sentence where uh, um, that Fincher, David Fincher called Ben Affleck extremely bright in regard to the manner in which he drew on his own experience with the media for the character of Nick Dunn. Jennifer Lopez is still alive. I want that to be very clear. What fucking trial by media did he go through? What trial by fire did he experience? (laughs) I don't think it, I, I understand that it's, I think it is smart the way they did this in, or like with a movie like this, having a female writer and a male director, because then it's just like, everyone has their input. You, yeah. can't, you can't say it's pro one gender or the other. Um, so I understand why they did that. It looks so much like the social network. <laughs> <laughs> there was also um, one point that I wrote down and I haven't mentioned it up until this point because I didn't know a time to, to, to throw it in. But back when we're looking at like the happy memories of Nick and Amy, he goes like he's like reading through her journal or something. He's like, oh, like Elizabeth Bennett really gets you. And Rosamund Pike played Jane in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Mm. And we were just sitting on the couch and I just went, eh. And then they fucked. They fuck hard. They fuck hard in that library in public. It's they, crazy. And and then we, and just, I, and we just move on. What I love is that they do get a little establishing shot to show there is a girl there. <laughs> <laughs> they do show us that as they are having very loud sex, there is a girl just looking for a book. I guess that's to show that like they're they're masterminds. Oh, there's also a cat. 
I know, he's a good boy. <laughs> the cat doesn't really do anything. I love that cat. I know, but the cat's in a surprising amount of the movie. I, it might be Kill the Cat trope where, but the best example of this, it's it's like a big film theory thing where it's, yeah. you have a character kill a cat to show to that he's that a evil. bad person. Or no, you have him save a cat to prove that they're good. And that was turned on its head with House of Cards where Kevin Spacey, who would prove that he was a bad person in other ways later, but at the time... But the cat community! But, but at the time, they, the opening scene of House of Cards is him killing a dog. I wouldn't fucking... I would leave. I'd be done. And, and so that was them being like, this person's a bad person. And you, so like... There's not a more subtle way to do that. House of Cards, it was well received, but still, guys, really? That's a little... House of Cards built Netflix. It's a little heavy-handed. So I don't know if it was just like showing that he like can care for a thing. I don't know. I don't know, but it is funny because they like... like... That cat will just randomly be there. We see him feed the cat. We see him tell the cop to feed the cat. When he brings her back, this is... I do like the scene. Once she's back, he goes, he locks his door, and he just sits in there awake all night with his cat. Like he doesn't let the cat near her because he knows she's fucking insane. <sighs> um, What'd you learn? Um, I, 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 I learned that kid didn't kill his mom. I feel like you shouldn't have had to learn that. <laughs> I feel like that should have been clear. I learned that David Fincher loves blue lighting. Mm. He lo- he loves a good, like, blue-toned like, party scene with some, like, dark blue lighting and, like, people being like, do you want to get out of here? That's an every David Fincher movie. <laughs> in every fucking Venture movie. You like, you like and then they go invent Facebook. <laughs> oh my god. Um, what did you learn? Casey Affleck is Ben Affleck's brother. <laughs> How long were you holding on to that? I thought of it as I asked the question. <laughs> I gotta be... Sometimes I have a quip. Sometimes I'm being genuine. I learned that today. She was nominated for an Oscar for this. She did good. As she should. She's British. Love that. You can't tell that. I will say one of my notes was she has one of those faces that normal people don't have. Yeah. You know how people say there are some celebrities like their face looks like they've seen an iPhone. And so like when you put them in period pieces, it feels really weird. Dakota Johnson is a good one of that. Like mm-hmm. she was in a persuasion movie and people are like, she looks like she knows what Wi-Fi is. Yeah. Rosamund Pike has one of those faces where she looks like she has money. <laughs> like it, her face is just not like what normal people look like. Yeah. She's gorgeous and almost like, a, like almost like alarmingly gorgeous. Where I'm yeah. like, that's not what people look like. She's stunning. Um, where can we find you? hell one day um you can find oh yeah we're both going to hell <laughs> um i just fully accused a three-year-old of brutal murder i'm going to hell i also just openly accused ben affleck of murder so um at you, the very least we're gonna be sued you can find me you can find the pod on tiktok at stop your ruining it you can find me on tiktok at saved by the dells you can find me on instagram at delaney sears and you can now find natalie on instagram i don't think slander is a sin but it's definitely a crime um Next week. Next week? <sighs> now, this is funny because this is a decision you made like two months ago. I know, because like. I know we have to do it. And the thing is, it's it's also an episode for you. It's not even a, an episode. <laughs> where... Which song were you coming? This is the greatest show. Oh. <laughs> every night it's almost like every Pasek and Paul song sounds, sounds the, same. the exact same. We're doing the greatest fucking showman. The greatest showman, which for the longest time I thought was the greatest snowman <laughs> when it was like still when it was just advertising it like is very blue and like i don't for some reason i just was like the greatest snowman <laughs> to me that made more sense as a title <laughs> like i can't express it was too long that i thought that robert downey jr was in a movie called the greatest snowman that's crazy hugh jackman <laughs> that's crazy hugh jackman hugh jackman hugh jackman <laughs> robert downey jr
They look kind of similar. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they have the same vibe. <laughs> White Man, I agree. Wolverine and Iron Man have a similar vibe. Sure. Bring All right, guys, we gotta go. We gotta go see Improv Shakespeare, and that pizza has been sitting I cold on the cold couch pizza. <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> I look. I love true crime more than pizza. It's not delivery. Um, it's DiGiorno. It's DiGiorno, and if you're gonna if you're gonna fake your murder, there are different ways to cause financial troubles than just buying a shit ton of stuff on Amazon with your husband's credit card and like gamble. Go do to better Vegas. Blo- do better blood splatter. Oh, uh, good for her. I'm impressed that she knew about Luminal. <laughs> Bye. Bye.